G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and those players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm not joined by my co-host Kays this week. I am joined by uh, fellow league mate, uh, the guy behind AFL Stats Mate, bringing you all the uh, CBA numbers week in, week out. And that is Zanks. How are you, mate? Great to be here, Hef. Thanks very much. It was a fantastic weekend and Unfortunately, Cases uh, is obviously now he's got a ring on it. He's he's gone. I just think he's too hungover to be here. To be honest, yeah, he partied pretty hard. There was some pretty sweet uh, videos on our group chat of him absolutely cutting a rug and setting fire to the dance floor uh, in the old wedding suit. So uh, yeah, I think he's just recovering from that. He obviously didn't drink enough uh, remedy kombucha in the uh, in the lead ching, up to prepare ching. to prepare himself and also to uh, get over the hangover. Not like us because we were completely fine on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no problems whatsoever. Uh, yeah. And there is no reason why we had to slightly delay the podcast. Yeah, no, we were, we were in tip-top shape yesterday. We just wanted to make sure we um definitely- uh, yeah, yeah, more analyst time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's 100% it. But speaking of Remedy Kombucha, uh, just remember, listeners, yeah, cracking those ones. Good on you, Zanks. You, geez, you know this podcast inside now. You've only been on it three or four times, but geez, you know how it works, don't you? Uh, oh, yeah, a long time listener, <laughs> first time caller. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so Remedy uh, Kombucha, looking after our listeners uh, with a 20% off uh, keeper code, uh, sorry, Keeper20 is the code. Um, so yeah, basically 20% off uh, all Remedy Kombucha products if you shop online, uh, remedykombucha.com.au slash au slash shop, I think it is. Um, yeah, and so if you buy kombucha, use the keeper code, uh, sorry, use the coupon code Keeper20, you'll get 20% off. And there's actually been a few people on the um, on the gold members group, uh, maybe a few, maybe a family member or two jumping on board, <laughs> uh, trying to make us look good by buying. So basically if we do a good job promoting Remedy, um, it could lead to something uh, a bit more um, fruitful down the track. So, you know, it is the uh, official, official drink of fantasy football. Well, yeah. Un- unofficial, official. You were the one who told the story about um, you were standing in a petrol station line and. Uh- 100%, 100%. There was a. Uh, <laughs> the, the dad and his young daughter, and he. he- turned to his daughter and said, it is the official uh, drink of fantasy As football. As they were putting two remedies on the counter to yep. buy. Yep. yep. Absolutely. So, you know, that's how that's how big the remedy well, they, Sorry, is. they were in line behind me, but uh, okay. they were about yep. to- well, Specifics, mate. It's fine. Yeah, no. Uh, just- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, this week we are going to get stuck into the Amy Community Series. So, we're going to go through every game that was played and uh, look at all the Keeper League relevant players that may uh, be, um, I guess, relevant to your drafts that are coming up this week. So- Without further ado, let's get stuck into it. All right, moving into the Amy Community Series games. Uh, the first game we look at is Carlton versus St Kilda. So um, I'd look at that one, but Zanks, you've got some general observations uh, you made about that game. It was interesting to, to watch some of the kick-ins um, for, for both teams across this game. Um, the thing I sort of noticed was that Saad, Doc and Plowman were all sharing their kick-ins, um, which sort of told me that their game plan is really to get the ball moving as quickly as possible um, without really having a designated kicker. Um, they're all long kicks as well, so they they all were play on and uh, trying to get the ball outside of 50 as quickly as possible. Yeah, that was something that was touted in the preseason that with the extra um, you know room with the man on the mark plus the guy standing still, um, yeah, we're going to have a bit more uh, time to move and um, yeah, just, just distribute the ball each time. There was a few matches where I saw some uh, people kicking out that didn't use the space, which really annoyed me and I probably annoyed 
head fantasy coaches, but we'll talk about that. Probably. Yeah, just where they just stand there yeah. and just kick it 15 metres without taking two steps out of the square. Come obviously on. not fantasy didn't, players. Didn't but go to the Heath Shaw School of Kicking. <laughs> <out>, Luckily, <laughs> we didn't see too many in this game, but uh, we'll get stuck into it. So Mark Pitney, he had 99 points, uh, 37 hitouts and two goals. Um, playing against an absolute B-grader in Paul Hunter, Absolutely. though, because uh, Ryder and Marshall are out at the moment. So wouldn't expect this every week. And we also know that DeConning will uh, return at some stage. But until then, um, he's probably going to be, well, he's definitely going to be the number one ruck at Carlton. So he could be some um, good value earlier on in the season um, if you want to get on board. And, you know, if he does brain it and the two rucks don't fit, he might be the number one later on as well, especially with DeConning's injury history. So um, he's definitely one to grab if he's available in your draft pools. Um, Zach Fisher, he had 95 points. Um, and he had that half forward role, but he seemed like he was moving pretty freely between the arcs, like he was getting yeah, up definitely. and down the ground uh, quite easily. So I'm not sure if you can expect this regularly because I've been an owner for two years and it's been super frustrating, but he is coming into what, his fourth or fifth year? Fourth year? Yeah. So anyway, um, he's, he's he's probably at the stage where he could look at a bit of a breakout. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes this year. It's just, I don't know if I like the forward role, but it might change this year a bit because they saw a fair few of these half forward types actually score okay um, this weekend. So yeah. There's just so many for Carlton, which makes it really hard. Absolutely. Um, they, it's interesting to watch a lot of teams now almost basing their game plan and their squads around what Richmond have done. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. Um, I mean, who, who would know? <laughs> no one won three the out of the last four flags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there just seems to be like a mosquito fleet of small forwards and, and they're also trying to use those players up up further up the ground rather than just the traditional sort of stay-at-home um, four-pocket players. Absolutely. Uh, Jack Silvani, he had 90 points and kicked a few goals up forward. He's another one I wouldn't be expecting this from too often, but I'd just like to acknowledge good scores on this podcast, yeah. that's all. So we'll move on from there. I don't think Hilarious to, to watch his dad, who wasn't too uh, happy about it, when he uh, when he hit the highlight reel and yeah. kicked a goal and his mum was getting stuck into yeah. to him about and He wasn't even giving him a clap, real, so I thought that was a bit harsh. supportive father there, yeah. Sos. So yeah. Come on, mate. Uh, get, you know, get around the kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, Oscar McDonald, he had 82 points and he actually gained a uh, list spot this week. I think he was um, on, a, on a bit of a trial. But uh, yeah, it looks like he's gained a list spot today. Um, he was kind of playing McGovern's role um, up forward and he's actually actually played it pretty well. He's never been a super dominant scorer though, but he's you know generally played in defense and he was playing a little bit up forward this week. So um, it's just going to be interesting to see what he can do up forward. Like if you were going to draft him, because uh, you know 82 points, people might jump on board. It's not. It's probably not the worst. Uh, like it's not a great idea, but you know, it's probably if you did pick him up and you picked him up super, super, super late, it's probably worth just a little, little punt. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have McGovern in my team before oh, him, but yeah. I would also prefer to have neither of them in my team. Absolutely, but if you pick them up with your last pick in the draft, like yeah. it's fine. What a flyer! Yeah, it's, exactly. it's at, at, when it's at that stage and it's about having a throw a dart at the dartboard. Yeah. Um, there are significantly less players, especially considering he may have gone under the radar to get all the way back there, especially considering he's only really just joined the list and yeah. uh, the platforms haven't probably even uploaded him into the systems yet. Yeah. I think sometimes with your last picks as well, you want people that will be playing. I don't know if he's actually going to be playing. But yeah, you want best to your players. Yeah, exactly. Um, Lachlan Fogarty, uh, he had 70 points. Um, he had a quiet first half, but got going in the second, which 70 points really isn't a bad return from how he started, I don't think. Um, he had a forward roll just like Fisher, and they were both moving up and down the ground so it was kind of and did, I think it did have a bit of a midfield stint as well at some stage did it, you, the, did you check the CBAs uh, I haven't uh, unfortunately the uh, cases wedding kind of got <laughs> in the road and, and, even and, this and, is on a Thursday sorry, <laughs> and our, our, our computer systems broke down so uh, okay. um, yeah that uh, so, yeah, he, he was rolling through there. But yeah. Um, yeah. another one of those small forwards that 
is going to be battling for the total amount of positions. And, yeah. and as you said, seven, 70 points is handy, but it's more about watching over the last weekend. It's about watching for the role and what they're likely to be as the season proper starts. Even with the role, though, like people are just still used in weird spots and come round one, they'll do something completely. Especially when they're playing 20, yeah. 26 players yeah, as exactly. well and some blokes are only having a half a footy. Pinch of salt with all these. But um, yeah, Lockie O'Brien, he had 42 points, um, but he only played a half of, of half a footy. So he actually went at 1.04 points per minute and he was used on the wing in the second half. So Walsh um, kind of moved in and out of the, to the center bounce tenances and then to the wing, um, depending on, you know, how they structured up. So Setterfield was still playing as well on the wing too. Zach Williams is probably going to play around that midfield area too so I'm not sure if there is actually a permanent role for him but the scoring actually looked alright with the way he played but you know you never know with these things could, he could have just had a good game and might not better replicate this but he's definitely one to put in your black book and see how he goes throughout the year especially with Williams being out for True. round one True, as since I know he's trying they're trying to uh, engage with the uh, tribunal at the moment trying to get it wound back yeah. but I, you know you don't you think they would want to stand up and show that hitting people in the head after Leaving the off-season the that they have is probably not the greatest look. And every um, example um, before it probably resulted in the same. And I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners probably would have already known, but it's uh, I think it's been a great resource to jump on the website and uh, see the points per minute. Oh yeah, post definitely. that we've been um, that you know you've been putting up here. I think it's probably should have mentioned that at the top, eh? Probably. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're, you're the <laughs> professional here. Come on, mate. Um, no, it's, it's a great resource to be able to to look back and to take it with, as you said, that pinch of salt, simply because it's not about necessarily the points, but as if someone's only, I don't know there's a couple of players that only played a quarter and a bit, but some of their scores were were really quite good. Yeah. Um, but as an overall total, they were lower just simply because of their time on ground. But anyway, Lockie O'Brien was one that put up good points per minute numbers. So, worth looking at. Um, maybe taking a late pick on him. Uh, Paddy Dow. Dow, Paddy Dow, Dow. Paddy Dow. Oh, Paddy Dow. Uh, he had 51 points. So, we're probably expecting a bigger result. I actually, as soon as after the game, I pulled the advertising for that video. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, probably now's the time to... Uh, to apologise to listeners oh, Sim- absolutely not. simply no, because not, not that song has been stuck in our bloody head. Oh, yeah, head. I apologise for that, but it's a great Literally song. Literally so every time. Fine. Really, I did you a favour. Oh, yeah. yeah cheers. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, big, big help. With Paddy Dow, though, he did get the CBAs. So there is a role for him there. And he was involved in some super key moments as well. And a few that if they would have resulted in goals, like they would have been, you know, highlight real kind of stuff for the week. So um, it might have been a different story if just a few different things went his way. But the fa- fantasy scoring was a bit of a worry because it didn't actually, you know, reflect what his um his performance that he gave the, the previous week. But yeah, I pumped him up in my draft rankings last week and he's going to slide back down when I do an update tomorrow, unfortunately. Is he, is he in the pool for our league? I haven't checked. I'm not sure. That should have been the first go-to. You have a look while I talk about uh, St Kilda. But uh, first of all, you um you had uh, you had a few notes on St Kilda just before we get started. Yeah, having, having a look at their kickouts as well. Um, the majority were taken by Dougal Howard, um, uh, with Wilkie also getting involved. Uh, again, another one of those it looks like who else or who could basically get there in time to be able to take the kick in. The difference between St Kilda and Carlton was that. Uh, they actually had a very even mixture of short kick-ins to, to long kick-ins. So they were effectively looking for best option rather than trying to, to move the ball out of the zone. Just looking at Paddy Dow is available in our draft. So, yeah. that's so my, my first round pick, for, first for round pick, pick is sorted. Beautiful. Uh, Thank uh, you very hopefully much. Hopefully the, <laughs> the coach who has pick one isn't listening and um, <laughs> either that or he chooses- <laughs> To be smart. Or, or pick Lloyd Meek or something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, definitely pick Lloyd Meek. Uh, Jack Sinclair, uh, he had 112 points. Now his role- 
looked super wow, fantasy looked friendly across yeah. the halfback. Yeah. Look, he might be available in a few drafts just um, given, you know, his status last year. Um, and look, if you were able to pick him up early, you'd be pretty happy with him because that role, you've played it two weeks in a row, row um, he looked actually pretty handy in it. So I reckon he'll be uh, he'll be taking that one and scoring pretty well this year. Just a, a check for new New players, make sure it's Jack Sinclair that you're picking, not Callum Sinclair. So in our draft keepers, Zanks accidentally locked in Callum Sinclair instead of Jack Sinclair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for, an, for another team, but yeah, yeah, that was quickly rectified. But if you if you are trying, make sure after <laughs> a, you've had a few a uh, few beers on draft night and a good kombucha, make sure that you're you're picking the right Sinclair. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Jacks, though, Jack Higgins, uh, 107 points, uh, scored well up forward, rotating through the middle. Um, I think he'd be a great 80 to 85 average forward, probably minimum this year, I reckon. Um, if he plays the way like he did on the on Thursday night anyway, won't average 135 or whatever it was like he did in juniors. I don't know if it was that high, but it was pretty high. Um, but he will be handy for sure. Any comments on that? Uh, you don't have to make one. Just, you, oh, just the fact that he, he has such great pedigree for him. Yeah, exactly. um, The other interesting fact was the top four scorers for St. Kilda were all jacks. I mean, it was- That's it was, always the way, If it was going to happen, <laughs> it was going to be St. Kilda because yeah. they have so many playing for them. I was going to say, that's but, not unusual. Uh, he, he has great pedigree. And if, if he does get that link-up role where he's sort of playing more high half forward, then he's definitely going to be able to push that average up. And I think he's going to be, given where the forwards sit this year, I think he could be real value for you. Going with the uh, Texas Hold'em hand here, I'm going for another Jack. So we've got three of a kind Jacks here. <laughs> Four of a kind. <laughs> Jack Loney, um, 102 points, uh, fighting for his spot though, I think. Um, so he was probably playing out of desperation a little bit. But then Dan Butler got injured uh, halfway through the game. So that helped him. He kicked four goals. I just don't think that will happen every week. And, you know, with the other Jacks around the place. And, <laughs> All of them. Um, yeah, and then Higgins coming in, you know, of course, up forward. Um, it might be tough for spots, but, yeah, look, it's not a score I'd read into too much. He's not probably, probably someone I'd consider too much just because of his role, but the score does look nice. So it's just a kind of warning for coaches. Don't get too sucked in on the preseason hype. Least favourite of those four Jacks. Exactly. Uh, Brad Hill, he had 97 points. We talked about this he a few so weeks good. ago. The longer games definitely help this guy because he's a running machine. And last year, he just wasn't able to wear out his opponent as much as he will be able to do this year. Um, so he was B2P uh, status this year um, in the preseason pods, but he'll be 2G4P pretty quickly. I would have him at $1 to be 2G4P by round three at least. His hands look so great. Yeah, like exactly. His, his ability to clean and run away from the football um, really enabled him to actually take the, when, the clean possession rather than the the, the tapping away and, and not actually getting any points. We'll move on to um, Seb Ross. He had 92 points and he was tipped to be used across halfback, but he played midfield, but I think this was because Brad Crouch only played half a game, so he kind of made up the minutes that he didn't uh, play in there. Zach Jones is also missing too. Look, because we didn't really see too much of the back role, I just really don't know what to make of him this year. Um, when he was playing the midfield time, it was like Seb Ross of old, but we know that there's now more competition there that he was kind of wasn't competing with on Thursday night. So it's really interesting. He's actually someone I well, attend, intended to drop back to the pool, but I traded him for picks. Um, I had I had no nothing going for him. I thought I was going to drop him back, and then last minute someone came through with a few draft picks for him. So I got rid of him. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the keeper coaches out there are doing with him because if, if you've held him for three or four years, he was on the verge of primo status, you know, two years ago. And uh, really disappointed to see where he's got to. And look, I genuinely hope he can bounce back. But um, yeah, I think just this game didn't really tell us much, that's all. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, and 
Moving on. <laughs> Sean McKernan, 80 points. Uh, if he actually plays, he's always been pretty handy when he actually plays because he generally pops up with a few grabs uh, to, you know, and kicks a few goals. I think he's one of those players that you draft super late, um, aim to draft super late and then stream him when he plays. So if uh, you know the Melbourne teams, they get a few th- uh, Friday and Thursday night games and things like that. Um, if you can actually stream him, um, he's an, a great option for that because when he pops up, he generally you know can get you around an 80 to 90 score when he kicks a few goals. Um, Jack Bytel here, 26 points. Uh, he had only had 18% time on ground. So 26 points doesn't sound that impressive. But when you look at the points per minute numbers, that's uh, 1.09 points per minute. Um, he can score. Um, this The big question is whether he's best 22 or not. Um, he's definitely one to stash for future if you have a deep enough squad. I know you're probably itching to talk about him because you love him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in my keepers. Um, is in the in our rookies, which is great. So he's basically- oh, I was going to say, you like keeping non-best 22 players, but yeah, you oh, can I mean, stash him in the rookie that's list. That's where right? my side's at, so that's okay. Um, no, he's, his ability to, to win the contested footy is fantastic. Um, it- it's going to be harder for him to get that role again this year. He did play through the through the middle in the the COVID games, yep. um, but obviously with uh, the Crouch moving across from Adelaide, yeah, it's going to make it really hard for him to get in. But they're going to need to continually continually develop him as well. So I think that they will play him. It's just a matter of how often he gets a game. For sure. Um, let's move on to another game now. Uh, Collingwood versus Richmond. And geez, these remedy kombuchas are going down a tree. Uh, That's what I need. What, what flavour you got? I've, we've got the strawberry lemonade. No, strawberry, raspberry Ras- lemonade. Raspberry sorry. lemonade. I should know that. I should be that better. Sorry. Um, sorry, Remedy, please don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jordan Degoe, uh, 127 points. Um, look, this guy would usually be 2G4P, but uh, he had a bit of a down season last year, so I brought him back to the pod this year. Looks to be playing a lot more midfield time this year, and it's actually really interesting to hear the traders actually talk about him as a classic option um, this week. So, you know, when they, they become a classic option, they're probably going to be a 2G4P option um, in our, on our podcast. So, I really like the look of him, though, and if he can continue that, it's going to be a no-brainer as one of the better forwards in the competition. Watching him in their internal trials um, for Yeah, you, and you watched a bit weeks. of his training this year. Zang Smith lives in Melbourne for those who aren't aware, but uh, he's in Adelaide right now for the wedding. But you watched a few trainings. Yeah, he, trainings and he was year. definitely what you would consider their A side in the, in, in the middle, um, playing alongside uh, Pendles and Dacos the majority yeah. of the time. So they're definitely looking to use him in that role as much as possible. I, I think the only thing will hurt him – Two is twofold, which is injuries, which he always seems to hurt himself. Yeah. Um, and just their forward line. Oh, if, I thought we were going to go off-field incidents. Probably well, three. No, no, come on. Let's keep, <laughs> let's keep it PC. No, it, it, I think it, he's so valuable up forward. Yeah, of course. For them. So, but if they can, if they can release him, he then will be able to be pay them back in slaves. It's just it's it's interesting to see what might happen with um, Jamie Elliott this year as well. Like he might go out to be the forward that. Dugowie was playing and they swap over the roles in the midfield. So um, it'd be interesting to watch that. And I know Jamie, even though he did get the midfield role um, last year, it didn't really equate to much fantasy scoring anyway. So I don't think it would really affect the owners of him. But yeah, it might actually you might actually see that they, those roles actually swap and Dugowie gets a bit more midfield time that way. And then it might balance up forward. I don't know. I think still think Dugowie is probably the better forward as well. But anyway, um, Isaac Quayna, 84 points. Um, really looks the goods as that rebounding defender and I'd happily take him on my side. He's actually been kept in our keeper league but uh, I think he'll go another level this year. Um, he's shown that he can actually play the game uh, and shows that he can play from a fantasy perspective as well. So I think he'll go pretty well. But uh, Braden Sire, he had 77 points and nothing huge but Collingwood looked like they would just persist with him and use him this year. Um, he had 73% time on ground so people will look at that and go, oh look, he's got um, improvement, you know, ground to make up there, no worries. But he's never been a big time on ground player. He's always been pretty low. So I he's don't a, think he's always been a fill in player. 
Well, that too. But uh, yeah, no. But when he does play, he's definitely low time on ground. So yeah, the, yeah. Cue the cue the drums. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, that took me ages to get. Actually, the basketball, I get it. <laughs> um, Zero point eight nine points per minute. So they're reflective. Like he's, he actually scored pretty well while he's on, but I just don't think he's going to boost that time on ground to actually get there. Um, John Noble, uh, 77 points. Uh, also looked uh, good coming out of defense, um, particularly early on in the game. Um, I think he's best 22, like he was most of last year. And I think he remains this season, despite with, you know, someone like Quayne are probably going to be playing a bit more consistently. But he's a reliable defender option. I just worry because, you know, you've got Cripps, uh, Crisp, you've got Maynard, you've got... Uh, there's a lot of power. trying to get you've that got, role. Yeah, there's so many back there. But um, I think he actually will play. And he might not be, you know, up every week, but he has the potential to pump out a good score. So could be a good streaming option as well if you, um, if you can roll that deep in your defense. Uh, Darcy Cameron had 72 points. Um, he went at 1.08 points per minute. He's not my radar, though, behind Grundy. Only has really a handcuff. I know he does get a bit of forward time, but, um, yeah, I don't think Grundy was really going at 100% either. So I don't yeah. think too many rucks this weekend were really having a proper crack at it. There's a lot of questions about that, and we'll, we will talk about that. I do have a, a certain opinion on that, but I also think that when the season actually starts and people get in, um, you know, in, in the full swing of things, they'll, they'll bounce back. Um, Camden McIntosh, we'll move on to some Richmond players here. He had 100 points. Uh, look, he's handy to own as your last midfield. He's one of Kay's favourite as, like, your waiver wire pickups and um, streaming option because he's available, like, if you play mid-range keeper leagues like we do where you keep about 16 players, 12 teams, um, he's available in a lot of drafts as well and he can go between, you know, most weeks between the 80 and 100 mark. So he's actually pretty pretty handy if you've, you can have him. So if, you've, if you need him as your last midfield spot, you could do a lot worse. Um, Liam Baker, he had 93 points coming out of defense. He looked good. Um, also, he had 23 disposals and he plays the right kind of role. It's just that he is, again, another one of those players that competes with like your, your shorts and your hoolies around him. Um, so, watch to see if he can take another step, but it went, as soon as Hooli comes in, it might just suffocate his scoring completely. So, he's not someone I'd get too excited about just yet, but if Hooli does actually have an extended period out, he could go okay. Um if you want to jump in here anytime, mate, just put your no, hand no, up. No, no, you're doing great. You yeah, just cool, keep, cool. keep rolling. Keep rolling. <laughs> cool, easy. Um, Kane Lambert, uh, he had 85 points. Um, might be in a few pools uh, this year. Um, he played his usual role, just between, re-roll between forward and midfield. Could be a top five forward with this lack of depth in forwards. So he's got that potential. Um, he's probably the only player I'd be chasing if I was chasing a flag. Because um, yeah, I don't think he's got too much fantasy game ahead of him. But I still think he can go okay again this year. He's Jeez. playing rolling lockout. He could be super handy oh, as absolutely. well. Um, Richmond, obviously have a few games uh, sort of on the Thursday and Friday night being a marquee side. So I think he's, he's definitely somewhere you could throw him on the bench and use him as part of a rolling lockout. Uh, Nick Vlostone, uh, he had 85 points. Uh, he's a great option as your last defender. So he will have some down weeks, um, play, depending on how much he needs to lock down. But ideally, you grab him for your bench and then just try to loop on him on as well. But yeah, that 85 points, is he's definitely capable of that like, quite often. So he's a good option. Uh, Jack Graham, he had 85 points playing his midfield role. Um, he could cement a spot on the side this year, but I don't think you'd expect much more than you know, you know an 85 average. I think that's probably his ceiling. Um, Richmond midfielders just don't score that way well, and it's just the way that they share the load each week. Um, they're not a high, um, well, not in the midfield anyway, not a high kind of um, possession type of team. So, yeah, I just don't think they're going to get a huge um, huge bump there. But, yeah, I think if he, I think he could probably average 85 if everything goes to plan this year. And the last one for Richmond is uh, Toby Nankerber. So, he had 38 points, um, but he had really low flag, time on ground. Flag, 
No, no, no alarm, no alarm. No, no, no alarm because the, the low time on ground's fine. Yeah. Um, he went at zero point nine points per minute, so just don't stress there, Zanks. Just calm down, mate. It's all okay, good. Okay. It's all good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so because he's going to ruck by himself for pretty much the majority of the year. Well, you'd, you'd say that, but um, wasn't he? He was rugging contender with Mabio Chol, and Mabio Chol was doing a fair bit of it as well. But um, I think that's just kind of preseason stuff, like yeah. just testing a few things. Do, out, do you think he'll probably ruck more? Yeah, yeah def- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he'll be the number one ruck. I'm, I've no doubt about that. But so yeah. when when the ruck run comes in your drafts, you think he's worth probably having a crack at earlier rather than later for some of those? Or he's not he's no gonna be nowhere near the top three guys. Mm. But could Depends he, the could he be the best of the rest? Um well I no, because I still probably have wits up ahead of him. Um and I, I like as much as I give case shit about him, I don't mind English <laughs> either as well, especially in keeper leagues. So I'd probably still be going those guys um before him. But uh look, if you need someone just to score well this year and you know, he, he's probably the type that if he goes early you go, Oh well, but he's a very good chance of being there, you know, once you've kind of decked out a few other um, positions first, he's a good chance of being there and taking his number one ruck. And he's in that kind of range that that's where I'd probably go with him. Yeah, cool. Um I'll keep going, and then I'll finally let you yeah. have some airtime. Hollywood's no, no, taking all the, uh, it's, it's, all the it is, mic time It is here. your podcast, Hollywood <laughs> Hef. Um, well, it just, uh, it just so works out that I was able to watch – well, the, the Thursday-Friday game I was able to watch, and then we both watched the game that we missed on Saturday because we were just partying super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched that Sunday morning, and then, yeah, because I had my kid for the rest of the day. There was Zanks two things of, I learned from the wedding is that Kays loves to dance. And oh, absolutely. That, I knew that beforehand, though. And, oh, yeah, we but re- <laughs> reiterated, and the fact that how many people at the wedding came up and – Talked about you being Hollywood now, and yeah. just weren't really, it was just great to have your presence there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, graced everyone. It was actually kind of um, my partner actually said how annoying it was to that. All anyone asked her about is either podcast or that video. So yeah, she, yeah, she, she seemed really night. impressed by it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, North Melbourne versus Hawthorne. Um, Josh Walker, he had 106 points playing at forward in place of Ben Brown. So he could be a real late pickup for you um, if he's going to play that spearhead role at forward. Wouldn't be expecting huge things, but you know when you get late in the draft, sometimes it's better. Um, and you know all the good draftees are generally gone by then. Sometimes it's just good to pick up players that are going to play each week and have yeah. the potential to put a few goals through the big sticks and boost their scores um, just in case you have vast amount of injuries or you can you know, sometimes use him as a streamer if you need to. Um, you know, I wouldn't be streaming too many North players against anyone. But uh, yeah, you know. but they're going to have to use. They need they need warm bodies at North, yeah, exactly. and he's definitely not just going to be probably a best twenty two player. He's probably going to be one of their major targets yeah. up there. So if, if when the ball does go forward, like he'll be the one that's trying to get on the end of it. Yeah. So there's potential there for sure. Um, just yeah, don't go too early on him. That's for sure. Speaking of going early, how early are you going to go on the next guy? Oh, second Jeff? round, Dom Tyson. If I'm going Paddy Dow first round, I'm going Dom Tyson yeah. second round. Uh, <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't take that seriously, listeners. Um, I'm supposed to be giving you good advice here. Uh, he had 106 points. So, uh, rotating in the midfield and up forward. Um, so, he kicked three goals, which really boosted the score. I'm still a bit sceptical, I think. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're sceptical of yes. Dom Tyson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprise. So, a guy that we weren't, we didn't even know was still playing. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's Dom Tyson. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> there he is. He I popped mean. up in the um, in the scratch match as well. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think he went all right in the trial. So, there's been a bit of talk about him. But, North were missing DeMont, Cunnington, Anderson. There's a few to roll back through there. So, um, I think he's just filling the gaps until those guys are fit and firing again. Definitely. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, he had 98 points and he actually got that time out on the wing. So, I think we flagged that a bit last week. I know he played forward, but then we were saying, like, let's just give him another week because trial matches can do funny things and they sometimes just want to try people in different spots. And, you know, surprise, surprise, um, return to the role that was being talked up to play all preseason. So, he was getting that midfield time playing on the wing and I think he actually had a few CBAs as well. So, I think this is going to continue throughout the season. So, I think he's a very good option as a forward because we know how scarce that position is. Um, 
Luke Davis Uniac, he has 73 points and he looks like he'll play a key role in the North Melbourne midfield. There's a little probably a bit of concern that um, he might not have scored well with you know the midfielders we just mentioned, Anderson, DeMont, Cunnington not in there. We thought he might take another step without in there, but I think sometimes he might need the support from those players like to take a bit of the heat off and he can be the like, you know the, the fourth one in there or whatever. And uh, yeah, go with that a little bit less attention and I think he'll score better. So I think 73 points is still a good return from him. So if you own him, I'd be pretty excited about his season because it looks like he's finally going to turn the page with the injuries and it could be a little bit of a breakout this year. Also going to keep developing as well, Absolutely. I think. Um, he's so behind because he's missed so much footy. So, yeah. And he's got all the potential in the world. So, yeah. And he, I can see him being a bit of a bridge between the older Anderson, DeMont and Cunnington and the new rookies that they've just brought in this year. So yeah, sort yeah. of being that gap between those two. And yeah. the, the young kids will get a run at some stage just simply because they have to and for development. But you can obviously see the LDU will definitely take priority over them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Taron Thomas, um, he had 67 points and he was spending a lot of time on the wing because um, he's a forward option this year. Um, I think he's going to be handy this season. I just don't know if he's going to be an outside type, how much fantasy game he'll have going forward. But I think for this season, he's coming into his third year. He was a pick number seven in the draft. He's got all the potential in the world. Um, Dossie's favourite thing is that they North Melbourne use him in all their photos, like press photos and stuff like that. So he's generally someone that's rated pretty highly um, internally there. Because that so, helps with fantasy points, well, doesn't it? No, it's more so that the, it's more so that they obviously rate him pretty highly and they're going to give him all the time in the world type thing. So, um, yeah, I reckon he uh, is going to go okay this year, but I'm not sure how well he'll score going forward if he does become a midfielder only. That's my only concern. Um, we were talking to draftees before, but Tom Powell, um, 64 points. Um, started really well, but tapered off. He only played 67% time on ground. I think he's, that was something that will improve, though. Um, just, you know, being a bit younger, they just want to keep the legs a bit fresher um, from running out full games. He went at 0.74 points per minute, which is a pretty good return. Um, if you play 100 minutes, that's a 74. So, um, yeah, it's not the worst thing um, going for a rookie especially. And, and there is kind of a lack of decent scoring options. There's a lot of options, but a lot of decent scoring options in the midfield. So, I think someone he's someone that you could take early with confidence of being a good scorer in the future, especially if you're a rebuilding team. He's probably someone you want to target pretty early in your drafts. For the, for the young kids, the role is obviously important. But I think for me, it's how they adjust to the speed of the game. Yep. And he looks like he has time right, and he's not rushing and he's thinking – Thinking quickly and moving slowly, I think. Is that the one? We'll go one of those. Yeah, look, my brain's not working well enough. Yeah, for, uh, one of those. <laughs> to, yeah, you but process he, that, but I'll roll he's, with it. He's simply just adjusts. He moves quick enough to, to keep the ball moving, and he doesn't look like he's going to get caught and ragdolled. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Harry Morrison, <laughs> moving on to some Hawthorne players. Uh, 109 points. Um, he had a lot of uh, midfield time, so he was taking the CBs as well. Um, Mitchell would come back, though. I think there's another midfielder I'm missing in there, and that is Jaeger Amira, I think, was out as well. So um, usually more on the outside. So it's going to be interesting to see, but he was actually winning a few clearances in there, played his role really nicely. Um, you know, Kays might have gone three years too early on this guy because I think he was his boy a few pre-seasons ago. But, but it's um, a keeper league. It's a keeper league. Yeah, yeah well, he hasn't kept him, though. That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, he looked really good. And actually, because like, I was saw the Port Hawthorne game last year, and he was one that impressed me in that game as well. Like, didn't score super well, but just the role he was playing on the outside. And he was definitely kind of transitioning to that midfield time. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind Harry Morrison. I think he's worth, you know, kind of a mid-range pick in your drafts to, um, yeah, see how he goes this year. Um, Jacob Kaczynski uh, had 95 points. He kicked six goals, so he, he won't do that every week. But it's just worth mentioning that he had a, um, a 95-point game. Tip Definitely one to look at. Yeah, exactly. Tip the cap. Well done. But, uh, yeah, not going to do it every week. But he is one of your classic uh, selections because he looks like he'll debut around one and he's cheap as chips as well. Um, Dylan Moore, he had 86 points. And I thought he was probably more of a going to play more of an uh, more of a midfield role um, in this game anyway with a few midfielders out. But he's definitely played up forward. But 
He was using that link-up play into attack and he delivered a lot of the footy inside 50. He was kind of almost at some stages like a go-to to get that ball inside 50. Um, and he saw some midfield time last week. I'm not sure if that's going to continue because I think it's just more playing out of necessity. But I, 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 we saw Higgins score playing up forward, which was pretty encouraging. And um, he's actually put up some good numbers. Um, looked good in the off-season anyway. And I think he put up a decent score at the end of last year as well at some stage. So, look, I don't mind Dylan Moore, um, especially if he's a forward. He's someone that you can kind of go mid to late on and I think he'll go all right this season. Um, but after the, this weekend and that score... Some people might be jumping on him a bit early, but yeah, I don't know if I'll jump too quickly at him, but if he's available at the right time, he's someone to look at. Um, don't make me read the next name. Oh, Chenku's Jath. Yeah. Got okay. it. Okay. Yeah, CJ. No, yeah. Just go with CJ. CJ. Yeah, Everyone yeah, goes okay. with CJ Jath. Okay. Um, it's easier. Um, 83 points. Uh, very, very lively across halfback. He's been talked up so much this preseason. I was pretty skeptical, but looking at him on the weekend, just the run and drive from the halfback line. I reckon he could become a regular this year. Um, well, he's already. I think he's on the way because he was playing at the end of last season as well. Um, and I think he could be a half reasonable fantasy scorer if you could jump on as well. Just the athleticism can you know get up there, take a grab as well. Um, I don't mind him, so he's one to look at this year. More than a streamer, or that's not at this much. stage, but I think for the future he could be yeah. something. Um, ben McAvoy, this is an interesting one. He had seventy nine points, and he's definitely back to being the number one ruck. And now you're a Ben McAvoy owner, right? I am. Oh, I nice. Am. That's yes. handy for you. So and, and he's and, and with back status as well. I mean, I've got no other rucks. Anyway, so yeah, but he's okay. going to have to play. Play them. your ruck, um, unless I do my normal thing where I only draft <laughs> draft one ruck and then yeah. end up and then when they get injured, zeros. you have zeros yeah. Yeah. and pay the fines each yeah. week. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe don't do that this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think note, note to self. I think Paddy Wright is available in the draft. Is he? Yes, he is. You can grab him and he'll play most weeks. Yeah, so there for you go. sure. Um, anyway, go early so you can kind of get him at the right spot. Uh, but yeah, look, he could be a steal in uh, drafts that don't haven't kept him anyway. Um, the back status is super handy, which we just mentioned too. Um, Damon Greaves, he had 53 points, but only 46% time on ground. Now, he went at 75% disposal efficiency. And last year, he went at 90% um, last year from his three games. So that's a, a huge high number. He had a shocker uh, last week <laughs> against North Melbourne in the practice game. Um, but he still got heaps of the pill. So that's the thing. Like, the disposal efficiency was horrid, but um, he still a lot of it. So that's, I think, what's good about his fantasy scoring game. Um, it could be wearing signs in it and he played half a game because it might look like he's not selected in the best 22. Um, and, but I think he may have redeemed himself uh, in the in the end of uh, last week's game. So look to see where he goes. I think he's still going to be a popular pick in draft, just the way he scored last year and the role he plays as well. Because if not this year... He'll probably play a role at some stage in the future. So I think Greaves is someone you can take with a fair amount of confidence that at some stage he'll be a good fantasy scorer. Uh, speaking of potential, uh, Connor Downey, he had 63 points and he played that wing role again. Now, the big question is uh, Phillips was playing in the midfield, um, attending the center bounces, and we've got Mitchell to come back in and we've got uh, also Amira. I think that's even someone else. I can't actually remember. Uh, Wingard, who rolls through there as well, wasn't playing, but he doesn't play that permanently. But it could push him, it could push someone like Phillips back out to a wing, which is more of his natural role. And then we don't know where Connor Downey goes, maybe to a halfback. We don't know. Um, but yeah. I think long-term, he's still going to be a goal. He plays the right sort of game. Um, looks like a fantasy-type scorer. Loves to kick the footy. So, um, yeah, I think he is a uh, one to definitely lock in um, for the future and just kind of hold him until he comes good. All right, I'm finally going to have a break and I'm going to hand the microphone over to Zanks, who's going to talk about the Geelong versus Essendon game. So, it's interesting to see who's missing from this game. So, Mitch Duncan from Geelong, uh, Reece Stanley and Luke Dowhouse. Uh, so, the first players we're going to talk about is Jordan Clark, who was mainly playing as a mid and, wow, we did Huge he look game. good. Um, he had uh, 21 kicks and eight handballs, so great ratio, along with 10 marks, four tackles, game high of 135 fantasy score, so absolutely massive. And what was even more impressive is that he only played 66% time on ground. 
Miss the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, without having a touch in the third quarter. Yeah. So c- could this be his year um, if he's in your pools? I think you're going to have to jump in a little bit earlier now because of that score. I think it's going to set a few alarms off with some coaches. He's, I think he's likely to be sort of moved back out of the middle, especially when the likes of probably Duncan comes back in. But yeah. I think he could go down back, which might affect a couple of other players, which we'll talk about shortly. But I still think he has shown that he's he's got it yeah. um, and can be a great fantasy scorer. Well, someone like Zach Tilly played in the grand final team and they've kind of been toying with his role for a while, whether he, you know, and his name is a midfielder this year as a result. He was kind of moving up for the wing and stuff like that. So he kind of needs to be kind of squeezed out, I think, to kind of make way for someone like Jordan Clark. So, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen there. Bloke in our league's a Geelong supporter and there is no way he's letting his hands off him. <laughs> so uh, next player is Tommy Atkins. Oh, sorry, so just on Jordan Clark, is, is he best 22? He he is best twenty two. I okay. think so. Yeah. yeah, I think he's definitely best twenty two. He just doesn't get the the same role that he played on Saturday night. Right. Uh, next player is Tom Atkins. So um, he's been really interesting to watch over the last couple of weeks from the internal. Sorry, the uh, scratch match. The scratch match. Sorry, got to get the the ling- intra club if you're Melbourne's uh, internal trial if you're South Australian, buddy. And then yeah. through <laughs> the Amy Community Series. So he's obviously playing down back now. He had uh, twelve kicks and sixteen handballs for seventy eight points. Playing off that halfback, um, it's interesting to see him use his tackling pressure that he's brought from um, from down the forward lines down back, and he was able to get his hand on the footy a lot more as well. He's, a, he's another guy you could really throw a late pick at, I think, um, especially just depending on how long Duncan might be out for. I think him or the next player is probably likely to be subjected to Clark coming back, um, with the next player being Mark O'Connor. So he had 10 kicks and 10 handballs, um, but also had nine marks to help push his score up. So I think both of those were... Both of those players were able to get involved in um, possession chains as they tried to move the ball forward, um, but really depends on when the Cats get back to full strength. Yeah, I'm not sold on Mark O'Connor just yet. Um, like the role he does get from time to time does look like it could be conducive to fantasy scoring. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he sits in the best 22, especially this year with all the players coming in as well. The, the eye test over the weekend, the Atkins looked like he could definitely play that role. Yeah. Um, O'Connor was probably down a rung, but uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. All right. Next one is Joel Selwood, who had 15 disposals, had four marks and six tackles for 75 points. Uh, interesting to see he only played 61% game on uh, time on ground. Um, handy score, but obviously being having his minutes managed. Is he one that could be considered uh, 2G for P, or is he coming back to the pod? Well, he kind of played a different role last year where he was kind of shipped out to the wing a bit more outside that midfield, um, outside the midfield role, and that kind of, I think, affected his scoring the most. I think he's going to be back in the pod for a while now. I think he's just going to be a bit more of a role player um, as he gets on in age, which is totally fine for a player like him um, with such a champion he's been of the game. Um, so I just don't think he's going to be that relevant in fantasy circles anymore, but I think he'll still be really handy for Geelong. But yeah, I just don't see him in fantasy anymore, that's all. Um, and he'll probably bleed each match and go off with blood roll. Yeah, yeah, and get a heap of free kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's to ducks his head, so yeah. it's okay. Okay. That's one for you, Stu. Uh, last player from Geelong is Josh Jenkins. So big alarms for coaches here. Um, don't be fooled by his score over the weekend, which was 86. Um, he did spend some time rucking, but I have a feeling the likes of Sam DeConning, who's was given minutes in this game, and both Reese Stanley um, and Darcy Fort, who were out of the side, are obviously best 22 comparative to him. Yeah. Uh, he, 
I don't even. I think it's hard to even pick him as a handcuff, to be honest. Yeah, no. It's, it's your, your two rucks are going to be probably Fort and then Stanley. Um, you know, going into this season anyway, by the sounds of um, the preseason reports and things like that. Um, but yeah, and even someone like as DeConning is like only given a role because it's like a, a preseason game, really. And I think DeConning can be used as a tall defender as well. I think actually as well. So I don't even think that's his natural game. So yeah, I think um, I wouldn't be reading too much into Josh Jenkins at all. If you look at him last year, he played one game, scored really well, but. It's going to be harder for him to get a game this year. It's just two with, games that he's scored really well, so just be careful. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, with Cameron coming in as well, like it's going to be even harder for him to even play that forward role. And he's not going to be the number one ruck, I don't think. So, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Carrying the drinks. So, yep. on to Essendon. So, missing from the team were Hurley, Stringer and Zacharakis. Um, but we'll talk about Darcy Parrish first up. So, he had... 18 kicks and 14 handballs, so a pretty good ratio there. Uh, also had eight, uh, sorry, eight marks with a super handy roll for 116 points. Um, I think he's still got to be worth a way of trying to find a way to get him into your side, either via trades or if you can try and move your way up the draft board and he's actually in the pool. Um, his age for a keeper league is fantastic. I think probably... One flag to mention is players like Caldwell and Shield had their minutes managed over this game and they're likely to get first crack at it. But you, you can see that Darcy Parrish has progressed and I think he's definitely going to be a player to, for you to target in your drafts. Not getting that forward status back ever though, is he? he he's not, but if he's going to score... Oh, yeah, of course. Th- those types of levels. He's one of those players that like... He's the reason why your forward line is depleted this year because someone like him leaves it. Yeah, I mean, but but you can definitely keep him if he's going to score yeah, at yeah, these yeah. levels. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's people are well, a lot of people out there are just asking whether he'll get it back again, and it's just not uh, happening. Yeah, but if, even if he does get it back, he's not, he's not going to be scoring as well at yeah, the same that's time. True. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a one half yeah, does exactly. the other. Uh, Nick Hines, the next player, so he had 20 disposals with uh, 14 of them being kicks, had a fantasy score of 60, sorry, 75 from 60 percent time on ground. Did hurt his shoulder so there's a bit of a just a uh, a flag and a watch for him um playing off half back looked really capable uh and really mixed in with the likes of ridley and heppel um as they'd look to rebound the ball uh from their defense into attack definitely probably flying under the radar i would think in most most league circles um and is definitely worth a, a throw at the dartboard later on in the draft so, definitely playing that defender role, you know, that uh, running defender role this year then. You're yeah. You're confident of that, not going to go forward like he kind of was touted um, to at St Kilda? I, d- I don't think so. I think they, they like the way he uses the footy. Um, and as I sort of said, mixing with the likes of, of Ridley and Heppel, um, Ridley definitely being the intercept marker and then being able to hand off to, to those two players to use their skills as they move the ball forward, I think is probably more likely to be their role. All right. So, add Nick Hine to your watch list, I guess. But, uh, yeah, we'll wait see what happens. Wait and see. That's why he's on a watch list. Yep. Uh, Sam Draper is next player. Uh, he had 11 disposals along with a couple of marks, so three marks, and, and 20 hitouts for 55 points. Um, I reckon if you're in need of a ruck, he's definitely a great target to, to be sort of picking out. He's taken over the mantle of the Bombers' number one ruck. He only played 60% game time um, with his 11 touches, so no real reason to have a huge flag about that one. Um, but again, he, he shows how he can actually get the ball around the ground, and he, he's sort of cut in that mould of a, a Gorn and a Grundy. Ooh. Not at that level, obviously, but you can tell he's definitely of that mould and his ability to get his hands on it rather than just being a 
a, a ruckman that defines himself by the amount of hitouts that he has. Yeah, he's. If you listen to the Keeper League last season, he was one that we were pretty high on. Um, just with some of his, uh, I guess, VFL scoring before he got injured. I think he did a knee um, the year prior. But uh, we would, we always thought he'd get an opportunity last year, and then we thought when uh, Bell Chambers retired, it'd be the transfer um, into him. So the only thing with him is I just wouldn't be surprised if they do take a bit of a cautious approach with some of his time on ground or just management this season because he's definitely going to be a long-term project for them. So that's like if, you, if you're if you planning on playing him as your number one ruck, you want to make sure you handcuff uh, that one. Who's the Phillips is the backup ruck? So yeah. you want to make sure you grab him um, with him as well. But I think for the future, yeah, he's definitely got the uh, got the nous to be a bit of a fantasy scorer for sure. Definitely. And last uh, last flag with that this game is just, just to be careful around salary height players. Um, players like Jones, Cox and Cahill who have had huge amounts of chats around the fantasy circles. Um, they're all going to take time to develop, um, and while they, there looks like there is some definitely some some skills to be developed in there as well. I think it's probably at best a stash in in a deeper keeper league rather than trying to jump on them too early. Yeah, and also look at what role they're going to play as well, and whether long term that's going to be a fantasy conducive role too. But uh, yeah, let's move on to the next game cool. now. On this, moving on to the Sunday here now. I was driving to Norlunga while this game was on, which is if you're not from Adelaide, it's a fucking long way from the city. It's a sandful ground. So, but uh, yeah, it's probably the furthest. Is it? Would it be the furthest SNFL ground from the city? I reckon it would be. Uh, yeah, there at all. Elizabeth yeah. are pretty close. Yeah. So I didn't, see the, I didn't see the GWS versus Sydney game. So again, that's why Zanks is covering most of the Sunday games because I was in transit for a lot of them. But I did. I was the reason why I was traveling to no longer is to watch the Port Adelaide versus Adelaide game, which is where it was, obviously. So anyway, let's have a listen to Zanks about GWS versus Sydney. Cool. So GWS versus Sydney. So who is missing for GWS? So obviously Whitfield's still out with his uh, bruised liver. Uh, Jesse Hogan and and new ruckman Matthew Flynn, who was said to have a badly swollen ankle. Uh, didn't look like – no, that's a bad joke. Um, <laughs> that's a 12-man joke there for everyone who's listening. Uh, he, if he, he would have played if this was round one. So uh, first player off the list is Tanner Bruin, who uh, kicked four goals and had 11 disposals for uh, 66 fantasy points. Um, highly touted first-round draft pick f- to go to the GWS. Uh, he looked like he had some really good pace uh, and his ability to pick up. The The speed of the game was great. Um the, previously, the Giants had mentioned that he is a while away from making their best 22, especially given how stacked their midfield is and how youthful their midfield is. Now, we know that the Giants tend to break down in the midfield, having many injuries through that area. So he's definitely a chance of playing a little bit long later in, in the year, uh, but likely just to be uh, more of a stash for deeper keeper leagues as well and probably the only other flag there is it's going to be hard for him to kick four goals uh, each week even if he is a great talent. But that's the thing with Bruin is he's likely going to play forward this year isn't he because he looks like he's probably close to playing round one and I think the week before I watched the um, this, the practice match as well and he was playing a pretty like, decent roll up forward for them like not from fantasy scoring but actually like looked like he was getting involved in the game with a fair bit and actually being used as a bit of an option up forward too so um Tanner Bruin, if you, if you were to draft him, I think you'd be – it's not the worst option because he probably will play straight up, so he will actually get a body on your field to actually get you some points, but I wouldn't be expecting big scores for a few years. It yeah. was Phil Davis that, as part of the the internal no, – not internal, the Pracky match, um, was part of his commentary. He was talking about that it's, it's likely that Bruin will be used later on rather than okay. earlier on, yeah. mainly because of the midfield strength. So yeah. um, I think the fact that he's just played really well as part of the Amy Community Series is 
is just another feather in his cap and yep. means that when he does get his chance, he do, he he most likely be able to take it with both hands. Next player is Jack Buckley. So he had uh, 12 kicks and two handballs, so great ratio that we like to see. Had also had eight marks for 75 points. Um, across the practice match and the Amy Community Series, he's, he's basically had a, whole, a wing all to himself um, and has been really keen to be able to sort of help transition the ball from uh, defence into attack and really working hard between the 250s. I think he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be, or you would think, be back in your pool and especially even for later draft leagues. It's it's likely that there's not going to be too many people on his watch list. or So he's not going to be on too many people's watch list. Um, I'm not sure if he is still best 22, but given how much – of the role he's been given over the last two weeks, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him line up uh, on the wing for the Giants. Yeah, and, and with the back status I think he's got in uh, fantasy as well in Ultimate 42, um, he might be a handy option for someone back there as well. So the thing is, um, could he be like Whitfield, someone who runs through their wing, could he just be kind of a stopgap until he's fully fit or do you think he's going to be more of a permanent fixture? Yeah, pro- possibly he could be the one to, to make way. Whitfield um, can play. Well, might, 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 might play defence as well. Get, so. You get that gut feel that Whitfield's more likely to play in yeah, yeah. defence, especially given how many uh, have vacated those and, positions. Yeah, and they'll be relying on coming and Ash if they didn't have him who you know didn't stand up as much this week. So, yeah, who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, next player is one of those players. So, Isaac Cumming, he had 58 fantasy points from 15 touches, 10 of them kicks, uh, and three marks as well. Probably the, the flag for me is that he only had three marks, didn't really get involved in a lot of the chains um, of transitioning the footy, but was taking the majority of the kick-ins um, as he has been across all the preseason. Uh, he's definitely going to benefit from many of the Giants' recent departures in the back line. Uh, I think he's definitely a lock for his for best 22 um, and definitely going to be a really handy player to have there. But is he going to be the Heath Shaw level of scoring? He will have that role, but I don't think he's going to quite get to those lofty standards. A lot of people in um, the Keeper League realm will be thinking, then they're probably both, both will be available in a lot of drafts, between Cumming and Ash, who's going to be the better fantasy scorer, both immediately and long term? What's your opinion on those two? What's your gut feel? What's your remedy gut feel on yeah. Cumming and Ash? That's a, that's a spot. It's a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, I have Cumming. Um, but you, you get that gut feel that taking Lockie Ash so early in the draft means that they're probably going to try and preference him over that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say is that they are slightly different players. Cumming has a bit more height to him, yeah, so okay. he can play a more taller defender where Ash is probably more likely to play that that running. So, But with that running defender, is more likely to probably be fantasy relevant. So who's going to be the better fantasy, better fantasy scorer? Uh, I think Lucky Ash is probably going to be better in the long run, but yep. definitely someone to, to keep on your radar is, is Isaac Cumming. Cool. Um, Jeremy Finlayson is interesting as well. Um, he played as a tall forward and only played 30% of game time, so don't even bother worrying about what his score was. Just ignore that. Um, the interesting thing for me is that now with Cameron gone, the Giants are, are definitely going to try and use him more up forward. I think that the biggest challenge that the Giants have had over their two preseason matches is they're using Callum Ward as their second ruck around the ground. I saw that. I saw a whole lot of that. Yeah. And, and, and look, if that happens once, just because there's no ruckman there at that contest, you can understand that. But it, it happened multiple times. Not not actually at centre bounces, but it had multiple times. Um, around the ground across two weeks. So, 
you just don't see a a player like that who's had his injury problems um, and basically he's, he's more of a he's simply a better player than yeah. to be thrown into the ruck and and used he's, as a he's such a versatile slaughter. player for sure. But I don't know, like it, it, it from all signs, it looks like he might be actually rucking, like being that playing that backup ruck option and. If he does, I kind of like him as like a late flyer pickup. Yeah, that fin- is Finlayson, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, I think yeah. that they're going to actually have to use him in that ruck yeah. role rather than trying to use someone like Ward there. But it is a recipe of disaster given he has had a few injury issues in the past. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, I think he, he's definitely and definitely. Uh, no, he's, <laughs> Say definitely again, definitely. <laughs> No, I, th- I think he is worth a, a late brown pick. Um, yeah. If he, if, if he does play enough of that rock roll, if he could get a dual status later on the down the track, that would also be super handy. Be nice. Moving on to Sydney. Um, who's missing? Lance Franklin. I'm not sure we'll ever see. Could we see him again, Heffer? Is he gone? I think we'll see him again. But he'll play. they'll get him up to play a farewell at least, yeah. surely. He's, I think he's got eight. Games before he gets to his three hundredth. Yeah, something okay. Like so he probably that. want to get so, those. Yeah, he probably want to get those. Um, so you'd think he's going to get those, but he's obviously twinched his calf again. Yep. So first round is probably out of his end. And Jake Lloyd was also out as well. Um, I think they're a, a, a really fantastic team to watch oh, for I'm emerging excited, talent for sure. Um, they've an, another great draft by them to to get in. Um, Golden. Um, and Campbell as well to go on along with the likes of Warner, Robottom, and Mr. Logan McDonald there and as well. Florent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so probably more the, the fantasy yeah, relevant players, but also yeah. having um, Logan McDonald yep. there as well. Yep. Um, I think there, there's some real jets there that for fantasy players. And if you do have deep keeper leagues, then it's probably not a. Not, not the worst idea just to try and stash these guys as well. Yeah. Um, probably the only challenge is how they're going to fit them all in, um, especially with the likes of my first play, which is Sam Wicks, who had 16 disposals, eight marks, and nine tackles and had a game high for the Swans of 109 fantasy points. Looked really fantastic. Um, super impressive. Had the ability to, to put his hand up for round one um, just simply because of the way he transitioned the ball um, and played more of a high half forward as well. Um, he's definitely a player I wouldn't have had on my radar um, until I watched the game on the weekend. I'm just, um, I'm just confirming this because I'm actually looking it up now, but I think he had one good game real late at the end of last year and that was the only reason. And he was in a lot of classic sides as well because he was cheap. So, yeah, he had 64 in round 17, which is a BCB 80. So, yeah, that's like the only reason he popped up for mine, but I thought that was a kind of a bit of a fluke. But, uh, he, yeah. he, he wouldn't have been on uh, the watch list at all. So, But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where he goes and what his uh, ADP happens yeah. after as more and more drafts happen this weekend. Sure. Uh, the next guy you're going to talk about is Errol Golden. Um, I'm pretty excited about this guy, and he's definitely on my radar for our draft. Uh, tell me about his game. He again, he looked really, really good. That's Boom. his second second um, practice match in a row that he he looked like he's he adjusted to the speed of the game really well. So he had nine kicks and five handballs, but did something with every single one of them. Yep. Um, he has had five marks, four tackles for for seventy two fantasy points, and playing that high half forward. Um, I think that might allow them to keep Papley closer to goal as well, yep. which will be good for the Swans uh, and their, their scoring ability. 
probably not for Papley's fantasy scoring yeah, ability. So a bit of a flag there. Just um, on um, just on Errol Goulden, I think I'm in a I'm in a dynasty um, keeper. So I'm in a few leagues at the moment, but I'm in a dynasty keeper where the only requirement is you make three list changes with squads of 36. Um, and I had pick seven in that today, and I took Errol Goulden. I was able to get Errol Goulden um, at that stage of the draft. So if you are kind of in the later stages of like um, in the first round and you're and you're in a dynasty style like that, I think he's a pretty good get at that range, and he. He might not be as sexy as like your Powell's or your Braden Campbell's, but uh, I think he's going to be a decent scorer for sure. I think, yeah, he's going to be an absolute jet for them, yeah. both in fa- in fantasy footy further down the track. Well, he's got but he's got awesome fantasy uh, track, track record. He was one of the underages that averaged over 100 in the NAB League, one of the few that actually could do it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it just looked like he adjusted to the pace of the game, so it was going to be a really solid player for him. Yeah. Uh, next player is Chad Warner. So, he had 12 kicks, uh, seven handballs for 70 points. Uh, another, I think he's probably more of a smoky for a round one um, best 22 and being picked to play there, um, but was also but main, played the role of rotating through the mids. His forward stat which really helps and reduces basically any risk of drafting him, throwing a dart at him later on. Um, again, I, th- I think you could definitely draft him with the option of trying to to not not necessarily stash, but just to keep him further down, especially in in deeper leagues. Yeah, Chad Warner is one we flagged. Um, I, I've mentioned this heaps of times this preseason, but he's one we flagged in our um, draftee fantasy pod uh, early or late. 2019, early 2020, whenever that came out. So we've been on him for a long time and it's actually just good. And I think as well, because we were kind of a bit miffed because he came in and had like scores of like 30 and something like that. And we're a bit down on that call, but it's now that he's actually like getting a run in these preseason games. And it looks like he's playing his more of his natural role. I reckon, I don't know if he'll be the same fantasy scorer as he was at the junior underage career, but he's going to be pretty handy going forward. Like as one as yeah, he'll, he'll probably move, move into more of a midfield role. I think he's got forward status this year, the reason why yep. I say that. Um, but he'll probably only be a, a midfielder going forward after this year, but he'll still be one of your handy, you know, M6, M7s that you need to play each week. He'll still be pretty handy for that kind of role. There was a lot more talk around Gould. Um, in the in draft circles. In, in, in draft circles. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think Warner's probably gone past him now. Oh, absolutely. Um, War- uh, Gould just looks too big and slow. Like, yeah, he legit yeah. got like two touches the week before. It's a bit disappointing to see. And I, I think all of the Swans have that player type um, and it's definitely shared those assets same with the next player which is Braden Campbell so he had 12 kicks uh, and 6 handballs for 57 points now I know he's a mid forward but uh, if you've watched any of the game he didn't seem to want to leave the defensive 50 yeah. very much playing uh, a similar role to Mills Before he went um, midfield. which has allowed Mills to spend a lot more time in the midfield so no doubt you're cheering if you're a Mills owner Absolutely. Um, the, the only thing I would flag with him I think is he's probably going to go fairly early in a lot of drafts um, is that Mills's role took a long time to 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 be able to progress to that midfield role. I think it it's, took him five or six that, years. Although as well with Campbell, if he's playing in defence this year, you're competing with your Jordan Dawson's and your Jake Lloyd's who are ripper fantasy scorers as well. well you know, especially Lloyd as well. So it's probably not the early on, it's probably not the best thing for him. But the positive is it gets him behind the footy to have a bit of a run and have a look at it. Mm. And I reckon long term he's going to play that midfield role, but I just wouldn't be expecting big things from him straight away. That's all. And they all have great. They have great kicking skills. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, One of the best kicks in that draft. Yeah, and their ability to, to think their way through and, and problem solve very quickly was yeah. is definitely an asset. Hey, hey, again, I I think he's uh, he's going to go early in drafts and try and, and the ability to try and stash him. It's just going to be just temper your expectations for him to be a, a high level scorer. Yep. Um, who. 
If you were to pick, who do you think scores more, Golden or Campbell? I think Golden plays a better fantasy game um, at the moment. But, yeah, so I think straight away I think Golden's going to be a better fantasy scorer. I wouldn't be surprised if Campbell does turn into be the better player out of the two, though, because yep. I think he's got more potential to play more of an inside role where I think Golden will probably play more outside and traditionally the inside ones are better fantasy scorers. I think straight up Golden better off for the first two or three years than I think Campbell overtakes eventually. I don't think you're going to have – a you, you, picking them and keeping them if you can, I don't think you're going to go, oh, geez, I, oh, no. you're not going to be disappointed with If I get one of them, them in the draft next week, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, no, yeah. They're, not, they're not getting to your pick. That's all right. I'm going to take an old bloke who will sit forward and take points then. There's someone there I'm going to get. I'm going to be happy with. Yeah, so that's pa- fine. Paddy Ryder. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Might come to that, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Um, last player from the Swans is Logan McDonald. So another one of that uh, first-round draft class from last year. He had six kicks, three handballs, had five marks, kicked one goal, two to his name. Um, just a flag with him. We know that the uh, the power forwards are more likely to take longer time to develop um, and he's probably going to be in and out of the team. I think Buddy being out for longer probably helps him maybe get a gig um, but not going to be the greatest fantasy scorers. Yeah. If I can say one thing about him, he, he has the best kicking action oh, for goal. Yeah, I saw a highlight of this. It was fucking yeah, amazing. He, he looked fantastic. You didn't you, you think, oh, he's 55 metres out and having I a shot. I was going to say 55 years old because he does no. kind of look old as well. No, no, no. <laughs> he's 55 metres out and you're like, oh, yeah. He's, and the commentator's like, oh, this should be no worries. And you're like, oh, I'm not sure. He's a fair way. And he's just just absolutely smoking it through yeah. at goalpost height. So, um, yeah, another great player in a different mould than the others. He's going to be a player that we're going to really enjoy watching, I think, yeah, over the I years. Yeah, I think so. But he does actually look like an old the, man already you can, at an 18 You can just old. tell the, the Swans... <laughs> Um, when North took Phillips uh, in the draft last year, they were they, they were like all their Christmases had come yeah, at once to be able to get enough. McDonald yeah. and then to be able to pick up the other two guys yeah, is awesome as well. Can, do you want to talk again back at the about the the uh, your boys the power and how they Look, dismantled? I've only got twenty power players here to talk about. Okay, so good. um, do you want so, if you want to go off do something else, but I'll no, start no, off. I um, mean, I'll just yeah, I'll just go and take a, have a nap or something yeah, yeah, like that. That's right, get another remedy can butcher. Yeah. And uh, go from there. Uh, but anyway, um, I'll talk about the Crows players first just to kind of keep you entertained for a little bit. So, um, Andrew McPherson, he had 87 points. And look, he basically just slotted into Laird's role as he moves into the midfield. And just some real pig-like behavior back there. Just running through, like, can I have a cheeky little handball like, to the right <laughs> on, the, you know, on, the, on the outside of the players and stuff like that. So, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, like getting to spots for handball receives as well. I'm um, um, getting involved in the play. I'm um, getting the right positions to kind of intercept as well. He was probably one of the Crows' better players, um, or probably the best player on on the day. Um, so, yeah, I'm big on Andrew McPherson this year. He just plays the role that looks like a fantasy scorer. So, I'd be pretty happy to grab him in a draft. Only flag I have is does his role change when the likes of Dode comes back? I don't think so because Dode might have to play a little bit. Well, he, he will have to play taller than McPherson will. Pro- probably. Yeah, I yeah, mean, so. McPherson also signed a two-year contract extension uh, today as well. Yeah, so, um, I think that's always just- a good thing for a club to do is sign someone on the back of a uh, pre-season, pre-season match performance. Hey, <laughs> that is where the Crows are at, my friend. Yeah, true, true. I can't knock that. Uh, Lockie Shell, he has 72 yes, points. <laughs> made uh, made the wing his own in uh, Miller's absence and he just runs all day and actually has a pretty nice kick although they can, he does have some clangers but I just put that down to some confidence um, just being a younger player because um, when he when he's actually up and about he does use the ball pretty well um, his best 22 this year I think with especially with Miller out now um, and I don't think he'll be a defender in fantasy uh, very often uh, for too much longer yeah, he'll he's going move to, into that wing role he, he's 
even before Miller got hurt, he's he the amount of centre bounce tendencies he was actually on the wing. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, sharing with the other side of yeah. Chase Jones. So yeah. uh, especially through the internal trial and the practice match yeah, before okay. the Amy series. Yeah. So that's just the way that they were rolling. Um, he's definitely gonna be, he's gonna lose the positional status and just become a, a to be mid. honest to be honest I'm kind of surprised he even kept it this year because at the end of the last year it was just that a kind of probably 50-50 over the year I think he played six or seven games he was probably split between defence and the wing does like yeah. to get up and kick goal too yeah true um, Rory Sloan he had 70 points um, probably his best showing of the preseason so far and he should be around in a few drafts I think this performance was probably just showed you enough um, that you could probably pick him with a bit of confidence in your drafts this year he offers huge value um, as one of your last midfielders because I know he's in our draft um, we're 12 teams keep 16 and he was put back into the pool so um, by a crow supporter by a crow as well support, yeah so that's probably like telling signs but um, I still think he's good value because he'll be around pretty late in draft so I think he's one you could get uh, quite cheaply and he'll be a serviceable performer for your team can you wipe the big smug smile off your face when you're talking about this next player Harry Schellenberg <laughs> I didn't realise it was coming up but um, look I, I want him to be good uh, and I actually think he'll be I think he'll be a good you want him to no, be good no my thing is um, I think he'll be a good player and He's someone I did really like watching as a junior and I thought, yeah, I thought he was a good player. Like, even before Crows drafted him, I thought he was actually going to be a, a bit of a gun. So, just looking at his like draft profile and stuff like that. But I just thought always that he was never going to be a huge fantasy scorer and he just keeps showing me and showing me that, that he's not going to be. Like, I think good player, not a huge fantasy scorer. Played 74% time on ground on the weekend in the midfield all day and could still only muster up 29 points. Now, I've been telling people this all preseason. Don't listen to K's on Harry Schoenberg. The last three years, he's had Harry Morrison, he's had Chase Jones, and now he's had Harry Schoenberg. He's preseason boys. Just write those guys off straight away, please. All right, and just just focus on someone else. Okay, that's all I'm asking. I think he, I think he's definitely got potential to be a good player. I just cannot see where the fantasy game is going to come for. From I know he's listed as a forward this year, but he's still not going to score even if he goes in the midfield. So just write him off, please. Just do yourself a favour. That's all I'm saying. Any, any arguments uh, there? Look, I, I'm I'm struggling to come up with a rebuttal. Yeah. Um, I think having forward status just lessens the risk of yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and he was kept in our league. Case kept him. In the end, he was true he, to his word. He was. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that probably on the other side of that is that he, he's the type of player the Crows will pour all of their resources yeah, into. Yeah. So, he will get more and more opportunities to develop over yeah. others. Um, it it, if he, does if seem he that way, do it. doesn't it? Because like you, you, I would have thought they would have put more time to Barry on the weekend or um, Pedler, who can play similar type roles to him as well. But they did; they still definitely looked like Schoenberg was there. No, he's we, top we, of the pecking order and the yeah, priority there. Sure. So, I mean, again, it, it, he's he doesn't have a huge risk because of that forward status, and yeah. and if he does develop. Well, well and good. But if he doesn't, then, yeah. <laughs> then how many times are you going to say, oh, listen to me, Kays? <laughs> listen and learn, hashtag. Uh, let's move on. I hope that comes up, becomes something. But anyway, all right. So <laughs> how, many, sorry, before you, how many times are you going to cut that up and put that on your <laughs> listen and learn. socials? Yeah. I've only used it once so far, but I might bring it out. Oh, I, know I, can, it, I can see you having one of your buttons over I know there. It's, um, I know what Raz K is up. I, didn't, I don't think he took it too well, so maybe I should <laughs> use it again. On a port. <laughs> uh, onto my 50 port players I've got here. Um, Aratio Fantasia, he had 73 points. Um, he'll offer something this year. I'm just not sure what that is in fantasy. 
Um, when he gets on the end of a few goals, he'll score well. So I think for this fact, I think he'll be a streaming option. I just don't really like the smaller forwards. I don't see him getting any midfield rotation. So streaming option only, but the back forward DPP is handy to have as well, just in case you have injuries and you need to slot him back there. Try to get him uh, on a week where he's playing someone, a uh, lesser opposition where he's likely to get a few goals next to his name. And I think he's, that's what he will offer this year. Not a starting 18 player, but uh, someone that you can stream quite often. The only asterisks I would throw about a couple of these scores is that they're not going to play the Crows every week. Yeah, they're going to play huge, them twice. That's a huge asterisk, to be honest. They're, like, they're going to play them twice, yeah. so they're going to they're going to get the advantage of that. But you know, as a small forward, I know he's a DPP, but as a small forward, do you, if you if you could average seventy three points, you'd absolutely take that. Yeah, Crows are uh, absolutely definitely Crows are going to make a lot of players and a lot of teams look good this year. No offense. Um, I think you're aware of that, though. <laughs> I don't think gonna, your head is in the sand. It's going to be a long year. Uh, Riley Bonner, he had 120 points. Uh, normally, I'd write him off, but the yeah, exact case in point, isn't yeah. it, Zanks? Yeah, exactly. So, I would write him off. But that, look, the new rules is helping these kind of high yeah, meters gained outside type players, just with the way they kind of use the link-up play. Their man has to stand completely still while they can just take off and get another kick. So, it's a type, he's a type of player these rules are actually helping. So, I, I don't know if we'll see this kind of the tightness on the rule continue or teams will find a way to counteract um, it happening. I don't know because generally we see preseason games where mental things like this happen and then by round five, everyone's flooding and everyone's doing the same things again and no one's scoring. So especially in games like preseason games where no one cares if they win or lose really and if there's a team that's just trying to guard their percentage later on and things like that, they'll play ta- very different tactics to what they played over the weekend. So just keep that in mind. But yeah, look, he's the type of player that he might benefit from these rules. So he's probably someone worth picking up this year. Year, um, despite him being quite bad in previously. Uh, Zach Butters, uh, 101, 111 points, sorry. He'll be 2G4P very I early. This, I love um, this kid. He's almost irrelevant now on this show because he'll be kept in most leagues. Like No one's putting him back. Yeah. Um, he's going to get lots of midfield time um, this season. Uh, play a little bit up forward. I think he will ultimately lose the status, but I don't think it really matters because I think he's, um, he's a gun. He'll be the best of the three. Yeah, that's such a bit like, but, and I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm the not be, The off. best player. Yeah, yeah. But I think Dersma will be the best fantasy scorer this year. I'm not so- oh, this year. Yeah, I think he's probably more developed. But uh, I don't know. Butters is going to be very good. As a forward especially, he's going to be super handy to have. Yeah. Um, all three of those kids are going to be guns for a long time as long as um, Rosie can get his foot right. But uh, Carl Amon. Success- successful surgery today. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Four weeks out. Come, should play against Richmond. Oh, it couldn't have been that bad then, eh? Because he was playing two weeks, played two matches in a row, not so it couldn't have been that bad. Um, Carl Amon, he had 100 points. Like, he's another one similar to <laughs> Riley Bonner. What are we laughing about now? No, no, just another one of those players that yeah, yeah. is exactly. not going to score that every week. Oh, but also plays that role that um, was similar to Bonner that could be benefiting from the new rules. But yeah, like we already mentioned why we should take that with a pinch of salt. Um, he's going to be in a few drafts. He's a fine midfielder player as your last mid because I'm not expecting 100 each week, but I. Do probably expect an 80 most weeks from him and he gets around the mark. I think he averaged 64, which equates to a BCV um, 80. So he should get you around that mark um, most weeks. So you can bank on him for that as your last midfielder because that's pretty handy to have. Um, Robbie Gray had 99 points and he's still got it and he's still getting a little bit of midfield time as well. Um, should be cheap this year. He was actually dropped into a draft pool as a result of me getting him at the 11th hour and I couldn't actually get him in my keepers because the deadline had passed. But uh, uh, yeah, anyway, he's going to be in the pool for us. So yeah. I feel sorry for the the coach that did that trade who <laughs> decided to keep Cam Rayner. Yes, um, instead of Robbie Gray. Instead of Robbie Gray. Yeah. Um, 
as the deadline approached, yeah, that's so when he injured himself. I got Robbie Gray into my team at six. I think I sent the email to the commissioner to confirm it at 6.55 and then teams had to be confirmed by seven. But I didn't actually look at my phone because my kid was giving me grief and I missed the deadline to actually change it. But I don't know. I'm playing by the rules, so it's fine. Um, I don't know if I would have kept him anyway. I, I, I just didn't have time to think about it. And I feel bad that I just put him back in the pool after someone gave him. He's, he's not in your next premiership side, so in my team's next, next premiership side. You're yeah. correct. That's what I was thinking. That's, Sorry, and that's kind in of your fantasy, fantasy teams. teams. Yes, yes. What are you saying? Port could win a flag this year because I don't think he's got too much left in uh, real God, life as well. God, we hope not. <laughs> Be bad news for Crowsport in this state, that's for sure. Especially with me swanning around. Um, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, ninety-nine points, uh, taking grabs and intercepting well from the halfback line. Uh, Fourteen marks that's too. Huge. So that is huge. Yeah. Ninety um, percent disposal efficiency. See, just a ripper game from this guy. Uh, again, we'll just say that everyone looked good against the Crows, though. Um, the Crows' tools are just so far beyond. Um, I don't even know if any of your tall forwards would actually be best 22 at many other clubs right now. Yeah, I mean, he so. played on um, Thorpe for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think it was he'll be a better player because oh, of, of playing on a player like Alia Lear. Alia Lear is he, not like he, a- He got- Taught first. to where he needs to, to run. You, you it's not at, like Alia is like a All-Australian type defender. Nah, but so, it, but this year he could be. Oh, that's a bit cool. I like that though. It's handy well, for you win, when you win the flag this year, as you've just already gone on and <laughs> no, started. No, that was you that said started that. Started printing the t-shirts and all that think, kind of shit. I didn't say anything. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of these taller types. He is pretty athletic though. Um, but I think just given his role on the side, he's gonna have to have he's gonna have to play games where he just plays pure lockdown. And um, I don't think that's gonna be very good for fantasy scoring. But if you get him on the right weeks, could be a good streamer. Move on. Willem Drew had 93 points. Another one who's having a really good preseason, but I'm still have no idea how he fits into our best 22. Um, if Sam Power Pepper stays injured for a bit, uh, there's a chance he'll crack the side early. But um, I don't know how long he holds it for. So um, he's worth a, a, a mid um, to late pick, I think, in drafts. Just because I'm not sure where his best 22 lies, but he's definitely got potential to play and score well. Um, for, the, for the listeners at home, in the show doc that Hef's put together, <laughs> he's now got a, a a whole heap of players just, just to give a quick mention because he hasn't talked about enough Port players I've, I've got, already. So there's too many to mention here, but I think I feel like I'd be cutting the listeners short if I didn't talk about these players because I think everyone wants to talk about So I've just got a quick few one-liners for these players. So um, Connor Rosie, he had 81 points and just beware of his foot. I wrote that yesterday, obviously. Um, he is now having surgery. So um, you're going to only miss four weeks by the sound, so that's pretty good. Um, Preeta Laddams, he had 80. 86 points. Um, took some grabs up forward. Um, no Talia or Duday playing though, so I wouldn't expect this every week from him. But he does have some potential, definitely. Um, yeah, and his hands look actually really good. Um, I think he actually took a big grab over uh, Riley O'Brien as well up forward too, which was kind of cool, um, given that he's, he's a monster. Miles um, Bergman, uh, 86 points. Um, he looked composed off the halfback line, just not best 22, I don't think. Quite, but very, very close because Hartlett's still got to come back in, and I think there's one more. And then you know Bonner had a big game as well, so I don't know. Um, did he did everything he could to be named? Round absolutely, one, absolutely. Um, like he's going to be an emergency a lot. I think it's a pretty easy. It's a nice way to be introduced to what is almost AFL football, playing yeah. the Crows two weeks in a row, and really getting the confidence levels up. It's one. It's one of those real tune-up games where the. Uh, the the division one side goes and plays the division five side and just really yeah. smacks them around. I get the feeling um, Bergman's going to be like uh, like a better version of Jared Lena. So on that fringe, will come in, play 
a handful of games here and there, but be way more serviceable than Lena is, I find. Yep. Um, I think that's where it kind of sits at the moment. But I think going forward is going to be good. So if you can stash now, now might be the time for found, next year. Mate, I reckon Porter found another one in the draft, though. Yeah, another great player. Um, everyone looks good against Crows, though, so let's just keep that in mind, okay? Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got that in big significantly disclaimer. bigger yeah. riding on the dock. Yep. Don't get too sucked in, even though me being a Port Adelaide fanboy and I love hyping him uh, up. Big uh, disclaimer. Sp- speaking of yeah. the hype, what 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 was the, how big was the chest pu- puffed out? On, oh, to be on honest, down there. You, you've driven all the way down there. You've probably driven home, <laughs> listened to five double A, and nah, nah, I was just, yeah, and nah, the nah. supporters getting on there. And oh, that know, was actually, did, actually that was actually mentioned in the car with Dos um, that we'd do that, but we didn't actually end up doing it. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, look, I, I take I take preseason games with a pinch of salt. Um, there's been so many years where I thought, you know, after 2014 finishing the prelim, thinking we're going to be good, you go and watch preseason, you're pretty happy with that. Then you get to round one, and it's a completely different ball. So I've known I've I've watched enough footy to know that you can't you know, only eighty percent chest out. Yeah, so I'm like ninety five percent confident. Okay. Yeah, give yourself a anyway, room. Move on to hey, can West we go? Coast. Can we talk about West Coast and Fremantle? Sure, let's move on. Yeah, how about that? Uh, so West Coast first up. So who was missing for them? It was Josh Kennedy, Tim Kennedy, um, Kelly, Kelly, Tim Kelly. Sorry, <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim Kennedy, Tim Kelly. Uh, sorry, you were just talking for so long about. Yeah, no, nah, that's fair enough. Your brain's fried. Um, Tim Kelly. Elliot Yo, uh, Branda and Brandon, Brendan Archie um, were missing. So probably the first player I want to talk about is Alex Witherden, who had one of those classic Alex Witherden games, especially with his disposal ratio, which was 15 kicks and one handball. Also had nine marks for 83 points with 73% time on ground. Definitely playing that role down at halfback. Um, I reckon he did enough to justify a selection in round his one. Best 22? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, I'm not personally um, connected to him you're because picking, I've- You're not picking the team? No, no, but oh, uh, I do have him in my keeper oh, side. Oh, I get so. you. Sorry, yeah, I get you. That's so true. I mean, I'm picking that team, but- Yeah. You know. um, well, so you I, held him with confidence though. Uh, de- yeah, definitely. He's If he's not best 22 round one, he, won't he be will off. be later in yeah. the year. And, and in the future too. Exactly, yeah. and then moving on. De- he got involved in uh, the kick-out rotation with Hearn as well. Um I think he really fit well with West Coast he, with their their ability to have their kick mark game across the back line. Yeah, I'm just um I was just quickly going to actually look up do you know offhand um what his disposal efficiency was for that game because that has been a big I think, mark. I, I think it was in is in the 75 to see, 80 see that's, range. Yeah, so that's fine for Witherden because that's probably been the biggest um knock on his game. I actually got it up here. No, it was um it was actually higher. He he went at 93%. Oh, okay. So yeah. like yeah, like that's good for him. That makes a big case for him for round one, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, his ability to, to run and use the footy is is super important. And as I sort of said, the the ability to the West Coast play that kick mark game, uh, especially on the bigger deck over at um, in Perth Stadium, is really handy for them as well. Yeah. Um, Liam Duggan, I know you guys have just or Case has pretty much just banged on about him all preseason. Uh, he had eighteen kicks and four handballs, nine marks, so eighty eight points from eighty two. Um, percent time on ground. Um, he was in the the midfield rotation. Had eight centre bounce tendencies. Um, he was definitely still rolling back into the half back line as well to try and get a bit more of the footy through that area. For me, the role still really concerns me, given as we sort of mentioned some of the outs, especially uh, a Kelly and a Yo and and those types of players to come back through that area as well. Um, I think. 
also because Case has been banging on him about so much, so many of your coaches that are listeners are probably going to be forced to go a bit earlier on him in draft leagues. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there might be some other value back there as well. If you've got him, then that's great and he's an easy hold because of what he's shown. Um, I've I've still got reservations about his role once the West Coast Eagles get back up to full strength. Yeah, look, I think in the short term, he's going to be very good this year. I think uh, long term, he might come back to the pack a little bit. Um, but I think he's still going to be a handy keeper option for many years to come. So don't feel too bad if you have to, you are forced to go on him if you're early on him. And I don't mind if you really like a player going a little bit early on. I'm just no, so no, secure him. So if, if you like watching him play, that's, that's why we go on those sorts of guys. Yeah. Um, I, but I think there will be – if. If he's not your cup of tea, I think coaches will go earlier, which will give you better opportunities to have a crack at someone else, which yep. is a, it's a win-win. So what about uh, Jack Redden? Do you watch his game? Jack Redden, yeah. So probably the, he didn't have the greatest ratio of disposals. He had seven kicks but 17 handballs. So definitely Hef is screwing his face up with that ratio. Disgusting. He also had four marks, 75 points for 89% game on t- um, time on ground. Um, was playing more of an inside midfield role, which okay. is a little bit different from what he's probably done. Um, I, I've, again, with him, I feel like there are others ahead in the midfield pecking order, especially once, and he's probably going to be the one. I think Duggan's ahead of him as well, so um, he's probably going to be the one to be pushed out first. Um, but I think drafting him with your wise, eyes wide open is, is definitely worth a flag as well. Yep. All right, what about some Freo players? Freo. So Freo had a few more missing out of this game. So they had Luke Ryan, Caleb Sarong, Adam Chera, uh, Griffin Logan, Nathan Wilson missing. They also had a couple of reasonable injuries as well with both Lobb and, and Walters hurting themselves in the game as well. So um, for me, I know he's probably too good for the pod at the moment, but what – Walters had some huge alarms over the last two weeks. Oh, that's he, interesting. With he, uh, Kay's trading him in, uh, trading him in, and got rid of Hugh McCluggage for him. He his role has been significantly st- structured around just being up forward. Yep, um, and he's going to rely heavily on being on kicking goals to be a scorer. Um, I think probably his biggest challenge, he, he's definitely going to drift back with his, his total average um, and just definitely a flag that if, you, if you're looking for forwards, he might be one just to let go through to the keeper if cool. he is in the pool. Oh, I hope Kay's listened to that. That's, gonna, that's really making me feel happy. Anyway, let's uh, talk about some players that are playing well. Cool. So Hayden Young's first player. So um, he had... 14 kicks and nine handballs. He was rotating off the halfback line, had 82% time on ground. Uh, very much in charge of kickout duties. Um, but just as a quick, as I said before, quick flag that there was no Luke Ryan or Nathan Wilson in that side. So slight worry um, as they all play very similar roles. But it was great to see that his development over the 12 months has continued. And I think he's definitely going to be a, a great player for, for coaches for fantasy moving on, not just this year, but into the future as well. Yep, what about uh, Blake Akers? He watched his game pretty well, closely. Yeah, I really like Blake Akers. So he's he's over the preseason, he's basically had a wing all to himself. Yep. He had 12 kicks, eight handballs, and had eight marks as well. So scored 89 with 82% time on ground. I think he'll probably end up pushing that up when because of the rotations. Yeah, he'll be left on that wing a little bit more rather than given the squad sizes that they had. So he really just cruised up and down the wing um, for his 22 disposals. 
Um, he it was classic. He was matched up on Gaff for a fairly large percentage of the time. Yep. Um, and it was it felt like the old the classic shake hands at the start of the <laughs> game, <you> <laughs> and that's about as close as they got to each other. Yep. So I, I definitely feel like there wasn't a lot of pressure on a lot of his disposals, but he he's definitely going to be a player that really enjoys the the open style of the play that especially if he can move stay up on that wing um and then get forward every now and again uh could be a super solid scorer and i think he's definitely worth uh worth a cracker probably a little bit earlier than what his last year average really um would have him ranked yeah for sure um next guy i'm really intrigued about because there was a whopping score from a player like ethan hughes he hasn't really shown anything like that in the past, really, more of a role player in the defence of Fremantle. So, was there a significant role change here or what was going on with Ethan Hughes? Yeah, so he, he was definitely used in the, the chippy-chippy game around um, that Frio were doing. So, uh, just for the listeners, he had 22 kicks and nine, nine handballs. He had 13 marks with a score of 133. Probably the other flag there is he had 96% time on ground. So, that's probably a lot higher than what you would also sort of expect even as a key defender in those areas. So, I think... He's he's definitely that is the absolute absolute stealing for for a player like him. I don't think he's probably scored that before, yep. and I I think it's a huge stretch for him to to get to those lofty areas ever again. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, all right, I just had a look at the uh, the time. We're going for over seventy five minutes here, so we're pushing up to an hour and a half, um, approaching in about ten minutes time. So maybe we should uh, get through the few of these last games a little bit quicker. And I'm not knocking you, Zanks. This is just we've got so much information here. We do, and I mean and you then, only talk about forty five minutes to talk about Port. I so apologize that's okay. for that. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's get on to Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs in Melbourne. So uh, probably the, the biggest flag for me about the Western Bulldogs is they're, they're very much a, a almost a guns and rookies. Set up with the the Bulldogs, they yep. they have their absolute top guys who are way too good for the pod. Then they have blokes that you're probably going to be even hard to roster even in deep and keeper leagues. Yeah. So I think we're probably definitely going to have to flag that some of these Bulldog guys are going to be very hard to draft, and it's, it's going to be harder to to be able to pick which ones are going to be the breakouts. Um, but if you if you are able to get some of their top end talent, it's, it's great to see that they they share the footy around so much. Yeah. Um. And just their their high scorers. With the whole talk about the preseason was that they weren't going to have all of their midfielders play, and then they all absolutely dominated, even with Trelaw still to come back. One of those players was Paddy Lipinski. I know that uh, he's he's probably the player that was more likely to to be cut back with his midfield time, but he had 15 kicks, seven handballs, five marks and a couple of ta- and three tackles as well. So he scored 100 from his 84% time on ground. Uh, he started forward, but definitely spent a lot more time on his wing. I, I can't see him holding his spot on the wing um, once, especially once a true law comes yeah, back. Um, yeah. He's The Bulldogs are just going to be too tough to pick from. And I think he's probably going to fall back again, but that might open up, the, the opportunity for you trying to trade him in at near the end of the year and then keep him after that. And and the, and the if he does like like you know you're talking about the wing, but if he does continue and hold his spot on the side, he might go forward as well. So yeah, he's definitely worth keeping in in leagues for sure. Like, yeah. there's a lot of questions about him, and some people are saying it was going to be the hardest decision they made in um, keep leagues. I think it's still it, for those people still making that decision. He's it's, it's worth a punt, especially after what you saw on the weekend. Definitely, and and one or two injuries as well, he goes to play in this role. He and, comes back, yeah, and yeah. and if his average does slip, I think he could be a, a, an excellent trade target as well. So yeah. Um, 
Other player for Western Bulldogs is Stefan Martin, um, the new recruit from the Brisbane Lions. He had eight kicks, nine handballs, um, four marks, and 14 hitouts for a score of 69 20, from 70, 77% time on ground. Um, he Probably the bigger flag there is, is he's definitely relegated English to have a more of a forward role. Um, history has shown that Martin has normally played as dual ruck option as well, so yeah. he's played significant. He's played about eighty percent of his games where he's had another ruckman in the side. Um, I think that's likely to continue again. Um, the the likes of English did look good up forward, but it's definitely going to be a flag for him as well. Um, you're going to have to handcuff them together. Um, but if you do have English, hopefully, sort of by the round three and six, he's he's more likely to have a dual status as well. Yeah, um, I think Kales is pretty happy with his score still. Um, I think he, what do you have? I think, what do you have, how many points do you have? 90 something, 96? 96, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty happy with that score. But I think as well, like Melbourne didn't look much chop at all. Yeah, they, so they looked absolute pus. I still think you've got to be concerned if if you're an English owner and he's spending all all the time up forward. It's interesting in our league, Kays has English and someone kept Steph Martin so he doesn't have the natural handcuff and yeah. I think Kays would be a bit concerned about that. So It's definitely, the definitely danger signs. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see. He's going to have to go earlier on another ruck as well, a Because he's got Luke Jackson but he's not a ruckman. As well in yeah. fan, in ultimate, so true. Yeah, Moving on, on to Melbourne. Melbourne, yep. So Stephen May's first player. Um, he had twenty two kicks and five handballs. Great ratio with nine marks. He had a score of one hundred and two from eighty five percent time on ground. Uh, did get a head knock, so probably worth yeah, a flag as well. Yep. Um, they think he's he passed his concussion test, but he's got two weeks anyway, so he'll play around. Just, like. but he's he's actually right on the day, so oh, it's, it? it's yeah. right on that timeline. Yeah. So I think he had definitely had a really similar role to what he had last year. Probably the only flag is that Salem was out of the side, yep. uh, along with a couple of top-tier midfielders. So uh, he got involved in the kick-ins um, and had a heap of the footy down back. <laughs> the beep, the, for people, if you can hear that on the recording, the beeps is gone. That's how long we've gone. My cameras are gone flat. <laughs> <laughs> the next one will go off in a second, so apologies for that. Um, next one is uh, Bailey Fritch. He had uh, 12 kicks, two handballs, so again, a great ratio. Nine marks, three goals from six scoring shots for a fantasy score of 97. Um, definitely playing more of a key forward, especially now that uh, Wiedemann is, is gone um, and is probably going to be a major target for the Ds down there. I think given the amount of forwards in fantasy um, across the formats, if you could snag him as your sort of your F2 or F3, I don't yeah. think that he's he's the worst guy to get, especially given where the forwards sit. I think with Bailey Fritz, you don't want him playing as tall though. But the thing is, if Ben Brown can get fit, if Wiedemann can come back at some stage, if Tom McDonald can get into the side, it's going to free him up a lot more. So there's still a lot of potential there. And, you know, to see he actually scored okay um, playing this role, it's really good signs for Fritz and people that want to draft him too. The, the less he can rely upon kicking goals to score, I think the better yeah. that coaches are going to feel about it. Yeah. Because um, I... The way Melbourne played, they ain't going to hit the scoreboard a lot. Yeah, but exactly. Again, only a practice match. Uh, last player for Melbourne was Trent Rivers. Um, oh, I really like this guy. Uh, he had 11 kicks with four handballs, two marks for a score of 46. So probably it was more the role for me that he was doing. He was basically the player of choice for the Ds um, as almost their designated kicking coming out of defence. Um, he's only play- He's played less than 10 games. I think he's played eight games. So – the more he's looking to progress and, and use this year as a development year would be great. Um, he looked 
very much at home with the pace of the game. And if you can, you're going to have to stash him this year because you won't be seeing him in draft pools. Okay. Big wraps on Rivers there. Um, let's move on to the final game. We'll try to get through this quickly so we can get to the questions and then get it done. But anyway, uh, Gold Coast versus Brisbane. Um, Darcy McPherson, he had 105 points. Uh, he scored really well up forward, had five free kicks going his way though. So um, 20 points right there. Won't get those every week. So that brings him back down to an 85. Um, but look, only 63% disposal efficiency with a few clangers in there too. So um, yeah, I think he might... Um, I don't think he... Oh, sorry, Rankin will come back into that side as well. So that might affect his um, scoring and his position in the side even as well. So I'm not sure if you can expect 105 points from each week, but he did look good. Um, will Brody, he had 105 points and he actually looked good. Um, had CBAs all night, um, kicked a goal, had the uh, other main midfielders in the side too. So it actually kind of goes to show that his role was probably there among those as well. I think he's uh, worth a punt on the back of his preseason, Zanks. And did you end up keeping him? I did keep him. I did keep him. Yeah. I think forward status made it almost impossible to not keep him. Him, especially yeah. after watching the two, and you know, it's when they're really setting the the preseason track alight, running two two K crime trials. That's when you've really got a flag, and you know that they're going to have to be a keeper. Yeah, absolutely, definitely take all the everything you want to out of those uh, preseason time <laughs> trials. It's always a sign of being the best player ever. Um, Will Powell, uh, ninety six points, had a huge first quarter. Um, he just junked it up across half back. Um, was pretty quiet after that though. He's a good scorer, but his disposal efficiency isn't the greatest. And that really worries me long-term with Stuart Jew loves dropping blokes on the back of yep. poor kicking and poor defensive work. So, um, yeah, just be careful with him. But he's definitely got potential to score, that's for sure. Um, Oleg Markov coming across from Richmond had 85 points playing across the halfback. Um, him and Will Powell kind of were playing these sweeper roles at times, so they'd kind of rotate through it or kind of work in tandem like that. He had 21 touches, um, 16, uh, 16 kicks and five handballs, so that's a really good ratio. Could be interesting, and he gets a nod ahead of Rory Atkins by the looks now as well. Um, so I was wondering who they'd play out of those two if they do play at all. But I think Ole Markov jumps ahead in the pecking order as well. So he's an interesting one um, given his defender status as well. Um, Jack Lukosius had 78 points and he did his thing like he's going to be super consistent player because he does have to play a little bit taller because um, he does line up at centre half back a lot more now, which is a worry because there might be some lockdown jobs he might have to do as a tall as well. Um, but I think he's going to be like a pretty similar to a Nick Vloston but a slightly better fantasy scorer because he's kind of probably got a better disposal. Um, so and they want the ball in his hands a bit more. So I like Jack Lukosius as an option. I just think we've just got to, if you're expecting like a 90 to 100 average from him ever, you might not get it, but I think he's still going to be very handy in keeper leagues. Um, Noah Anderson had 78 points. He was everywhere early, but really tapered off. But I think this will improve over time. Like he's still pretty raw. It's only his second year. So I think once he develops, he can stay in the game a bit longer. He still looks classy when he's got the ball in hand. I know you're a big fan of him, Zanks, as an owner. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to be good going forward. Connor Boderick had 71 points, which is a good return for him, um, given he's a small defender. And when you consider last year's scores, he didn't actually go too high very often. So 71 is actually a good return for him. And uh, look, the Caleb Daniel comparisons and trajectory, trajectory are definitely building with this Just guy. Just because of his height? or Height and the role, like was a forward. Oh, move, and role back, as well. Okay, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And uses the ball quite well as well. So, um, yeah, definitely that's concerning. But the height is a big factor, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Grant Virtual, 90 points. Uh, had his usual defence role and had a few kick-in duties as well. He's a player that you'll get um, super cheap in uh, in drafts this year or in trades this year because um, just given his age, this is his final year. Um, but yeah, 
with those kicking duties, he can actually score pretty well. And if you need a defender, you'll get him cheap as chips as someone if you're looking for a flag and someone just offloading him. So, yeah. Uh, Charlie Cameron had 89 points, kicked four goals. Won't do that every week. But this game demonstrates why he's a good streamer because he does do it quite often. It's just not all the time. You can't bank on it. Brisbane tend to play a lot of um, night games as well. So, they don't often get like this late Sunday either. If they're playing at home, that is because of just the weather and the heat. So, Charlie Cameron can actually get a good, um, be a good streaming option given the time slot in some of the games he plays. Joe Danaher, he had 79 points and kicked three goals. I feel like he's still only warming up because he's been out of the game so long. Um, I think once he gets a bit more of a run and he can kind of confirm that his injury troubles are over, um, he's going to be an absolute gun for Brisbane Lions. And we've known in the past he's been a good fantasy scorer. So um, if he's available in your draft, I'd grab him with a bit of confidence um, knowing that he's probably going to go bigger than what he's doing now. Um, and he could have actually been better as well. He dropped a few marks, which would have led to a few goals as well. So, um, yeah, Joe Danaher, I'm pretty uh, keen on going into drafts. Was he kept in our leagues? Eh? He you know? was kept, yeah. Okay, who kept him? Uh, that would be the little left footers. Okay, on you, on you, Dan. Good on you. Um, all right, that brings us to the end. Now, I think we've just hit the 90-minute mark to go through all that. So it's not too it's- bad, Actually, so that it, there's only one preseason round yeah, this year, and this is probably so. the biggest, yeah, the biggest pod of the preseason for sure. Because like we want to go in depth with what we actually saw from players, and I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to this one uh, intently as well. So um, if you enjoyed that 90 minutes worth of content, then uh, maybe consider becoming a member of the Keeper League podcast and supporting us. Um, if you do want to support the pod, then uh, in return we'll give you a whole heap of. Uh, premium resources that can help you out with your drafts and coming into draft week it's going to be super vital to have some of these so things like draftee fantasy scores um, so you can see all the draftees and who are the best fantasy scorers in the underage level as well as the breakout tracker so you can see which players might take the next step um, used in the in the graph and we give away all the data that we use behind that as well um, also our rankings are going to be vital for, um, for your draft and I'm actually going to do a post ACS, Amy Community Series, uh, update tomorrow of them as well. So I'm going to, my opinions have changed on a few players. So I'm going to update mine tomorrow. I think Kay's might still be a bit busy with post wedding celebrations um, to do his, but he actually didn't update last week, which is more than I expected from him going by previous years anyway. So um, they should be proud bit, of it on Twitter yeah, as well. Yeah, they should be around the mark. But yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, well, I guess tomorrow, it'll probably be Wednesday when you listen to this. So today, hopefully they're done um, by the time you listen to it. I'm going to have projections up next week and we're going to have state league fantasy scores um, providing they go ahead and teams can fly into state especially in the VFL and all that stuff so we'll have those going as well as much as we can and as much as the stats are kept for them um, we'll do our best to get our hands on them and work out the fantasy scores for you um, but yeah every and then the projections coming up next week and they all update each week plus there's a few new premium resources in the works as well I'm not going to give away too much because it just depends on access to the data that we can find and get on online um, but we uh, t- uh, plan on doing a bit more analysis of a few things um, going forward it's just we're not going to announce them just in case we can't actually do them. But like I said, there's more value in just having them pre-season. They're going to be value throughout the season as well. Also, the Waiver Wire podcast. We never talk about that. And that's a lot of people's favorite thing as well. We do that every week as well. So, so many good premium resources if you want to join up. I think I sold that pretty well, Zanks. Yeah, um, no, no, I'll, but I'll, yeah, I'm a gold member. Yeah. So <laughs> I know you are. Get on board. You're quite active in the gold member group. Uh, you're quite onto the questions before I can get to them, which I really appreciate because sometimes I can't get there. But to be fair, that's also one of the great tools. What's that? The, oh, the, the gold member members group. being in the gold member Our group. Our members are fucking the- amazing fantasy heads. Like seriously, like the amount of like 
the amount of times I get to a question and someone's already answered exactly what I was thinking or given a better take on it than I probably would have as well. Another camera going off there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the thing. And like so many people come in and go, hey, guys, what do you think about uh, what's your opinion on my team or these players? And 15 replies like bang, like straight up with so many different opinions and so many good opinions as well. So, it's a testament to our gold members and that group as well. So, it's worth getting in. But each week we are like to thank a few gold members. So, uh, thank you to Joe Sullivan, um, Luke Matarokia, uh, Tim Davis, uh, Tonchi Mardisic and Crunchy Crone. So, thank you to those five gold members that we announced this week. We read five out each week. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, podcast reviews, we didn't get one this week, which is a bit sad. So, if you own an Apple device, please jump on the uh, reviews and give us five stars and say something nice about us. Pretty please. All right, let's get <laughs> moving and move on to the listener questions. All right, on to the listener questions. Um, we'll try to get through these quite quickly, um, but there is a heap here because it was uh, Amy Community Series Week. But anyway, uh, first question, Zanks, what has Ninja Spoon got to say? Generally, uh, how much should we read into Amy Series form? Uh, the 2020 JL- JLT, that's what it was called, sorry, um, uh, was a crab shoot for identifying talent um, and this year – uh, being only one game feels more like throwing darts than statistically significant outcomes. All right. So I'm thinking um, because of the rule changes, like you do have to consider some things a little bit more. Um, the changes like have affected the way the ball moves and will create a, a quicker game. But I think I still think I, we'll, we'll see some changes there over the next few weeks. I think there'll be a few coaching tactics and a few different tweaks to the rules. I think the umpires might not be as hot as some things. I don't know. But I guess so. players who rely on handball receives, I think, are going to be generally affected because I think people are going to get wheel around and kick a lot more considering their man can't really chase them as much. Um, so the outright, outside runners seem to be really benefiting from this and halfback flankers and things like that. I also think guys kicking in will obviously see a bump as well. Um, so, yeah, because there's extra room for them to move as well. But I don't think it's going to be anything like we saw from Jaden Shaw on the weekend where He's just going to get 175 each week. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of like, you know, that's a bit of a bump. So I think you'd be a bit naive to expect that. So, um, yeah, look, also you need to consider like other players that were out on the weekend as well. So like Short's a great example. Hawley's going to come back in. So I get you got to change it with, change it with, um, take it with a pinch of salt. I think outside runners are definitely worth looking at a bit more though. And like high meters gain kind of players as well are going to be good. Um, at Michael Berry DT, um, defenders are going huge and rucks are scoring low. Is this the new norm? What do you think, Zanks? Do you have an opinion on this? Um, Oh, I think lesser the rucks are scoring less uh, across the community series. I'm not sure if it's causation or correlation yeah. um, because of the new rules. You can definitely see that the the ball's not being kicked down the line as much, so which means that they're maybe not having that sort of contested well, that was area. My thought. Yeah, that was my thought. Like, so they're being involved less because they're not kind of taking those marks. They like they're just hitting a tall target down the line because they're actually finding people to kick to. So I think there could be something in that, but also as well, if you look at previous like. Um, JLT series. Someone put a great um, graph up on uh, on Twitter of um, Brody Grundy in the preseason compared to the actual season, and he goes around seventy, the average of seventy every preseason, and then he goes bang round one. So I don't they, think we they have to looked read. like they didn't give two shits. No, exactly. Really a lot honest. of them didn't care. There were some good rucks, like so. Nank, for example, had good points per minute. Yep. Pitney scored ninety nine. Drape had low time on ground and still scored pretty well. English had ninety six, but he played it forward. Look, Grundy gone and Goldstein. I guess we're just down, and that's kind of getting everyone a bit bummed. But I just don't think the premiums have to worry as much. 
they know that they got their spot in the team. They want to try a few different things. Um, don't stress, I don't think. And it's both both ways as well. If there's more goals, there's more centre bounces. So yeah, exactly. swings around Yeah, correct. That's a very good point. Um, at Nick B West, uh, English is my only ruck at the moment. Um, who should I try to pick up as support? Uh, McAvoy, Marta, all ancient, um, or Darcy or Luke Jackson um, is currently only a uh, forward only. Um I should be contending this year. So before yesterday, I was thinking maybe go McAvoy. Um, before actually, I actually wrote this before I watched the uh, Dogs game. Um, but yeah, because Martin and English, I think, will tend to eat into each other. But then you'll get a nice handcuff there as well. So if one's injured, one will go big type thing. So it depends what you really want. If you want security, then you'd go Martin just to make sure you've actually got the handcuff for the both time, unless they both get injured, then you're fucked. But um, with McAvoy, I think he's probably got potential to score a little bit better if he's playing the number one right role, which it looks like he is. But again, he's... He's sharing with Segler too, like, and he'll probably go forward, which is better for McAvoy. He'll definitely be better than last year, but I still don't think he can be a big. But Ryder as well, like, he's all, his injury work concerns all the time. Um, so I don't know. I think I'd probably go maybe Martin just for safety, but McAvoy if you want something a bit bigger for scoring. Um, but then yeah, I think Jackson with forward only. Darcy is I'm sure I'm assuming that Sean Darcy who's always injured as well probably wouldn't go him. It's going to be interesting. I think the, the there's going to be a very even spread of rucks outside of maybe the top three or four guys. Yeah, so yeah of course. And your, there always is. your ability to, to pick up a, a, a Lloyd Meek and a Darcy together and with that handcuff, and I know you're you're going to get a reasonable score out of them. Both coaches, both, sorry, most coaches in leagues chase their handcuff as yeah. well, Like, and that's just what they go with, so they don't really have to worry about wasting more on rucks because when you're trying to pick rucks deep in uh, in fantasy or deep in keeper league drafts, um, yeah, it can be a bit of a crapshoot for sure. Yeah. Um, Taylor Q is asking, uh, what should we expect from Darcy Parrish this season? Uh, he looked very good as an inside mid-Saturday night, so I'm thinking I'd expect like between 90 and 100 average from Darcy Parrish. What would you? Yeah, uh, again, I think if he if he keeps that role, it's it's going to be in that range. Uh, if he plays significant amount more times, more forward, he will probably be around the the, the seventy to to eighty sort of range. Yeah, um, which is handy for a forward, but it's obviously just the the offset of having that extra status added to him. Hopefully, later on in the game as well. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, Daniel um, Aitken asks, and he's being a bit bold here, so he's got two questions, but uh, that's fine. I don't Can mind. he at least do a review next time if he's going <laughs> to try and squeeze two questions in? Yeah, maybe put one in the review and then put one in the question section. That's uh, the best way to go about it. Anyway, the first question, we'll run this one first. Um, I'm in the fifth year of a 16-team Ultimate Footy League, so 29 players, the list slash draft six each year. Um, Ruckmen are as rare as hen's teeth. I have Nick Nat Nui and Tom Hickey in my squad. Who are some good rookie, uh, sorry, rookie rucks um, or some sleepers who will get game time this year or worth picking up as a stash uh, for future years? So you mentioned Lloyd Meek before is someone who looks like he could actually take the number one mantle just given opportunity through injuries. Yeah, definitely, especially now that Lobb is probably out as well. Oh, yes. I think he avoided, he, avoided surgery, but he, he's going to he be out for a while. Yeah, so I think he's he's definitely jumped up. Um uh, I will say, I actually don't. Tom Hickey has been really good for the Swans as well. I know he's yeah, probably yeah. got him as a handcuff with Nick Nat, um, but Tom Hickey showed that he's probably going to be the number one guy at Sydney, and it could be very easy just to pick up Sinclair as well as that handcuff. But um, probably the across town at GWS, Matthew Flynn was probably be pretty interesting, especially I think they're going to have very much reluctance to play Mumford as, as little as possible. With um, Matt Flynn, I think he's still going to be the number um, well, two Ruckman, I guess, with um, Bruce out, but, you know, yeah. for the next in line. Kieran Briggs, though, like, 
played was like just huge early um, in the in the first quarter of the GWS versus Sydney game. I'm not actually 100% sure what he ended up with. I'm just looking it up real quickly here. So he ended up with 51 and he played, uh, what did he play on time on ground? He played 75% time on ground. So he tapered off obviously, but he was dominating early and actually won 22 um, hit outs as well, which was pretty good. I think Hickey won 26. So he was still beaten for the day, but uh, look, he actually competed really well. And the reason why I'm mentioning him is just he was someone who was a really good underage fantasy scorer um, playing predominantly as a ruck but since he's come to GWS he's been playing as a, as a key defender um, in their reserves so I think they're kind of molding him into that but they gave him a run of the ruck and I didn't mind what I saw from that first half for sure but I think a um, bit big and slow at the moment probably needs to work on that tank a little bit more to play the ruck role full time Only other problem uh, challenge for uh, handcuff might be at the Crows Uh to go along if you do have one of the top guys in Rob, I think, uh, sorry, in, in Riley O'Brien. I think it's going to be interesting to see whether uh, Strawny gets a game yeah, um, or if they try and throw uh, the number two draft pick in Thilthorpe in there as well. Even so, long term, I reckon Thilthorpe is going to be good um, long term. So I think uh, someone made, it was John from the Listics podcast said uh, he reckons Thilthorpe will actually be a better long term prospect than Jamara Ugal Hagan and he's yeah. happy for people to re- revisit that in a few years. So he studies the uh, yeah. draft pretty deeply. So um, yeah, I don't mind Tilthorpe. And then I think as well, uh, Shannon Neal. Um, he was, I think he's at Geelong. He's like I think thirty five or something like that. Um, he put up decent junior scores, but decent, decent junior scores. Sorry, it's been a long episode. Um, so I think uh, he might be okay, given that um, Geelong aren't super strong in the ruck department. It might only be a couple of years before he makes his debut there, so he might be one to look at as well. Uh, the second question from Daniel Aitken is, um, I'm picking second in this year's draft. In your opinions, who are going to be the best rookies off the board that will impact straight away? Um, how would you rank Phillips, Campbell and Powell? And who are some other sleeper rookies for other rounds that people might not be familiar with? So, I don't know about sleepers, but um, so Powell, I reckon I'll rate ahead of um, Campbell and then Phillips, I think, in terms of impact straight yeah, away. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. But Golden, well. Downey, Heath Chapman, um, Tanner Bruin, uh, Barry and Pedler, I think will come in at some stage and look pretty good. And I think Elijah Hollands, who we haven't heard a lot about, um, could slide a little bit and he's got forward status. He looks to be a mid-forward type. Um, up at, I think he went, to, he went to Gold Coast, didn't he? Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think he's a uh, pretty good option as well. So, I don't know if they're sleepers as much, but I think Barry Pedler and Hollands will probably take a little bit longer to play. So, um, they could slide a little bit. Um, Josh Donhart on Facebook asks, thanks, uh, is Tom Cutler still alive? Uh, I mean, simple answer for fantasy. He's is breathing. N- no. In <laughs> oh. fantasy world, he's yeah. not. Uh, he's, he definitely – he did play the first of the practice matches for, for the Bombers. He looked – Woeful. Okay. Uh, he won't play. All right. He's done. Um, Dave Simpson on Facebook. Um, will Robottom outscore Dunkley this season? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Um, no, but someone's obviously made that statement in their league and I love that shit. So, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Dun- Dun- Dunkley looked awesome again. So. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Um, is it worth grabbing Chad Warner as a super late pick in deeper keeper drafts or do you not see him becoming a keeper long term? That's from Isaac underscore WF. I think it's definitely worth it. Um, He was a great junior fantasy scorer. Like I said earlier, he might not have the same role that he'll get in juniors, but um, he could do a lot worse than Chad Warner, I think, late in drafts. I think he, he's probably going to go earlier because of some of that practice match form as well, though. So yeah, that's the other I, thing. Uh, you might not get him you late. You get that feeling is if you are if you do want him, which is uh, I think he's definitely a great player, you're just going to have to go probably slightly earlier rather than d- – depending on how deep your, your draft goes, but he's going to be one of those guys you might have to target just slightly earlier as well. Yep. 
Um, at time, Miller asks, uh, someone in our league has just listed Ben Keys. What's an acceptable punishment for such an outrageous slant against the pod? And I think it's obvious. there's an obvious clear answer here, and that's uh, a lifetime ban from Remedy Kombucha, I think. No more Remedy Kombucha for that guy. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if, if he was to buy any more Remedy Kombucha, you'd probably use the checkout code that you do have. Yes, keep a 20 on uh, thing. Actually, no, the, the punishment should actually be he has to buy a case of Remedy Kombucha for the whole league um, using Keeper 20 as the coupon code. That's the actual um, punishment. So you make sure you hold him to that. And um, yeah, so I look forward to 10 cases coming off that coupon code. Thanks for that, uh, Miller time. Um, Paul Milne, uh, what value do you lads place on ADP? Asking for a friend. Um, it's an interesting one because ultimate footy, the ADPs are skewed by the draft leagues. Um, so, like, for example, Brady Grundy should, or Brady Grundy and Max Gorn should go, like, number one in most uh, draft leagues. But then in, our, in your keeper leagues, depending on where people hand him over on their spreadsheets and the commissioner just goes through and goes bang, 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 puts him in, he could be, you know, 15th round or something like that. So, yeah. I don't put too much um, players on them. Similar on AFL Fantasy, you've got people drafting keeper leagues, you've got people drafting um, draft leagues. And I know for a fact that they're just mixed together. They're not separated. So, um, strategies change for different games. I wouldn't put too much weight in them at all purely from that perspective. Surely, Hollywood has enough pull with Warney now. You can probably <laughs> get them to to put a function into the site to, for them to be able to say how many keepers so you can actually tell if you that player has been but kept. But it's something uh, I've suggested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's now that you have finally enough pull in the fantasy community. Um, I mean, as I said, you're probably going past Warney anyway. I, so. don't know. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know how much pull I've actually got, but I can always ask. So, yeah. Um, but also as well, I think um, a lot of the ADP goes on uh, novice players as well so people that don't put as much time and research into it and they just pick on names that they've heard of and things like that as well because there's a lot of those out there especially on the fantasy clap, uh, platform that probably have a, a wider range of players ultimate footy seems to be more of the diehard so if I was going to go by one I'd probably go by ultimate footy just, but yeah I don't really put too much in them anyway just another thing just to take into account as part of your decision making process but it shouldn't drive the entire reason why exactly um, Joshua Lunig asks um, is Reece Stanley at pick 50 for a startup key League, the worst pick you've ever seen. Uh, only top three and Marshall had been picked. Now, I reckon you picked Reese Conker in the first round of a draft a few years ago. That's so. round 17. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no. Now, pick 50 is terrible. Yes, that is bloody awful. Probably one of the worst picks you'll ever see, especially when um, there's only top three and Marshall rucks have been picked. You could have gone English wits, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, no, whoever picked that uh, needs to take a long, hard look at himself. One of those classic ones that once the top three or four rucks are off the board, Everyone why panics. is no one going, why not just use one of your last picks? Exactly, exactly. Unless um, you're playing dual ruck and then you're, you know, <laughs> yeah, two true. ruck positions. And, and then you're, you're crazy and you should just quit and restart your league with different positions, <laughs> I think, anyway. Uh, delete, Taylor, delete league, delete league. Zach Taylor asks, um, this is a long question. Uh, I have pick four in said draft, uh, in the draft, and am pre- uh, predicting Grundy, Lloyd, and Zeret to go early. Do you place a higher value on Dunkley as a forward this season? Who knows how he is used after the practice match than future becoming maybe a mid one or taking a Whitfield Titch who you can take uh, knowing their role for the next few seasons uh, kind regards pretender what's your opinion on that one Zans? Uh I think Dunkley will probably become a midfield only next yep. year um, I know in a league that I did my dra- uh, one of the drafts for on Sunday my forward line is Dangerfield Dunkley and Zorko warning bells uh, so th- there are three blokes that really could lose forward status there and if you throw someone like Laird in there as well he could also <sighs> Lose defender, so it might just have all mids next year. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you've, you're still trying to get the best player, especially if it's a, if it's a keeper league. You're still trying to get the best player available 
at those picks, um, especially once uh, if Grundy and Gorn are gone at that stage as well. So yep. he is going to be great value as a forward this season, but if, if it's a keeper league, he's it's a longer – burn than just having this one year. I'm seeing Whitfield slide in a lot yeah, of yeah, drafts definitely. and that's probably the player I'd be going for. I know he might miss early, but he'll most likely always be DPP and he's a captain option and if you can tick those two boxes with your first pick, I like that. I, I don't think there's a wrong pick out of those guys there as well. It's just I think the wrong thing. pick was probably Dunkley to be honest. Dunkley? No. Yeah, yeah. those three that he's mentioned. Oh, I, I think they're going to have a fairly similar um, ceiling this year. If, oh, Luke Beveridge just fucking but, like, but, scares me. But That's there it. is the challenge that that Beveridge is there and yeah. anything could happen. Exactly. Um, but Whitfield, who knows when he might come back from injury um, and – Titcher still showed that he's recovering from his injury last year as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nathan Obermuller, uh, hello, gentlemen. With pick three in this draft and planning – oh, sorry. With pick three in this draft and planning on taking out the competition this year and the next few, uh, is Gorn the right way to go? Um, uh, like, yeah, if you plan on winning straight away, like you can't take Gorn early enough, I don't reckon. Yep. It's only the people that kind of draft to say, I want to try to stock up on mid-range kind of age players and, you know, have a crack in three or four years with a superstar team that Gorn wouldn't be the way to go. There was so much conjecture and anger um, on the AFL Fantasy um, Twitter page because someone took Gorn with pick five in their Keeper League draft. But, like, as long as, as, long as you're going for a flag straight up, it does not matter where you take Gorn. Like, you take him wherever you – feel like you need to because you just have the, the one of the two best rucks and such a monopoly over position in the competition. As long as you win a flag early, it's a good pick. Um, at uh, DJ4Brooks on Twitter asks, um, what was the beer option at Kayser's wedding and which remedy kombuchas did he have? Now, I'm going to have a crack here. Did not stay loyal to the brand. No remedy kombuchas at the wedding, which uh, I was I was walking around. I was I don't want any of these beers. I just want a remedy kombucha right now and I couldn't get my hands on one. I saw you in a huge argument <laughs> with one of the bartenders at one stage. I, I could only guess that. So what, what kind was of a bar is this when you don't have remedy kombucha on tap? And anyway, uh, the beers were the Coopers. I, I did hear one of the lines. Is I'm Hollywood here. Don't don't you <laughs> Do know, you who, know I who I am? Yeah, that's what that's what it actually came to. Um, they had uh, the Cooper's Pacific Hour, which was rebranded Session Hour. Uh, the blue tin. Uh, West End West End draft tinnies were a feature. I think No Case is a bit. Like, he loves the West Fan, End draft. Yeah. Doesn't like good beers. He just likes the nostalgia of the West End tinny. Um, they're a collector's item now. I think aren't they? They're going out of business. Um, and uh, the Rover uh, Henty Street Ale. It was. So um, yeah, that was a pretty decent selection. Now I was on the Pacific all night. Uh, the Rovers are quite good as well. Steered clear of the West End draft tinnies unless there was a few diehard uh, crow eater South Australians that wanted to grab one for me. I went with it, but uh, I didn't choose them. Anyway. Uh, that's a wrap finally. What are we at here? Uh, on my recording, it's 113 minutes before the, sorry, an hour, no, 130 minutes before the, uh, before the edit. So just under two hours there. Thanks. So, um, Hey, you made it. Well done, Hef. Yeah, no, it's good. There's so much good information in this one. So hopefully people are still listening at this point and, uh, of course they are. Yeah, definitely. And if they are, it'd be great if they could, uh, if they're on Twitter, follow us at AFL stats, mate. Yep. Um, it's great that we've got more followers than, than, he- than Hollywood Hef and it really just goes to show that he needs to lift his game. I just need to start doing some CBAs but uh, I think you'll get some uh, unfollows after not putting any up this weekend so you might want to uh, get cracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantasy it's, it's freak coming, hour. It's coming. 
is coming for you with his. But uh, anyway, um, thanks for listening. Uh, get around us on Keeper League Pod um, at uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Website's keeperleaguepod.com.au. Make sure you sign up for a membership if you enjoyed this episode and uh, get access to our premium resources before your draft hits uh, most likely this week. And uh, yeah, well done, Kays, on a great wedding day yeah, on awesome. uh, Saturday. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have a few more guests over the next few weeks when he's on his honeymoon and stuff like that. But look forward to that. Uh, I'll man the ship here and everything will be fine. Anyways, uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll go through our home league draft results, which we have on Friday night, Zanks. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, no no doubt I'll shit the bed on that too. Ah, oh, don't worry, me too. I'll probably have too many beers and fuck it up completely. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's tra- what drafting is all about. <laughs> yeah. Getting together and fucking it up. Exactly. All right, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye.